right, truck show podcasters. I just wanted to show you uh, this uh, GMC Sierra 2500. It actually still runs. I personally haven't seen it run, but I have it on good authority that it still runs. And you know why it still runs? Because it has a truck show podcast sticker on it. <laughs> Say Thank what? You. Thank you, Emmy Hall, for uh, repping us in the middle of nowhere. No, Mexico. Mexico, in the middle of Mexico. L literally, Mexico. Yeah, actually, Mexico. Not just YouTube Mexico, but actual Mexico. Not where people take illegally modified vehicles and run them fast and safe to Mexico, but and then the real show Mexico. show the American road signs. Yeah, no, this is <laughs> she was actually in Mexico uh -huh. with a uh, clapped out... Uh, GMC Suburban, <laughs> that the only shiny thing on that whole truck was our sticker. Uh, clapped out is being kind. No idea how it got there. She doesn't even know. Mm. It's episode number 241 of the Truck Show Podcast. My name is Lightning. He's Holman. We have a, a guy that we've been after for quite some time on this episode. His name is Joe... I'm going to screw this up. Joe Zizadoro? Joe Z. As he's known to people like Lightning can't pronounce his name. Joe is the inventor of a little module that you plug into your OBD port called the Taser. And it, it does, does a whole lot of stuff. A whole lot of cool stuff, that's for sure. We got Joe, and he's a, uh, I think he's uh, one of us. He's kind of a, uh, he's kind of a nerd, right? I don't think he's a nerd. Geek? No, I think he's, he's a, uh, a brilliant man who is uh, lifting up the... Uh, Sad enthusiasts who have overbearing regulations uh, tamping down the performance of their vehicles. I like That's that. That's what I think. It's better than nerd, yes. And then, uh, Holman, I think we're taking a deep dive on your excursion with an F-150 Lightning. Yeah, we didn't really talk about it too much last time, but I, uh, I had that for a while, and I did a little, uh, little test on it, swapped out the wheels and tires, and uh, the story just went up on uh, MotorTrend.com uh, uh, today, so it'll be up when you listen to this podcast. And I just wanted to, yeah, talk a little bit about that. Uh, and then uh, we've got plenty of uh, emails to get to. So it's uh, it's a busy show. Is our show as busy as the Nissan dealership with all those frontiers pouring in from the factory? Dude, I have seen, I, and I know I've said this before, they're everywhere in SoCal. I'm seeing frontiers everywhere. I've seen Pro 4Xs, and I've seen a ton of the the, uh, the lower trim level mm -hmm. as, you know, uh, contractor trucks and pool guy trucks and all that. And even the uh, the one I saw the other day was a white one. It was a king cab, and the dude had, like, his contractor ladder rack and all the stuff on it. And I'm going, you know, that dude's at work right now? He's got a pretty damn nice truck. Yeah, I mean, even the base model is a super sick little truck. Listen, if that's your fleet vehicle, you're not disappointed to drive it every day. Hell no. Do you remember how trucks that used to be, you know, the, the fleet model had nothing nice about them? You could not take your girlfriend or wife to dinner in a fleet model truck. You know there what I'm saying? There was no like, air conditioning. No. It was roll-up windows with like a handle. They weren't comfortable. No, this one your wife is asking you to go in. She's like, hey, your work truck, why don't we just take that? That ladder rack is so sexy. <laughs> I don't I don't think she's saying that. She might be. Maybe. She might be cool. That's oh, why really? you married her. Yeah. What if? She, oh, well, I don't think, what if you've got an overlanding tent on top? She's like, oh, well, let's take the Frontier up to I Big Bear I, this weekend. I think I told you that uh, GFC had posted a new Frontier with the uh, camper on it, and it looked Awesome. No, I don't recall yeah, on their that. on their Instagram. And the uh, it was that uh, kind of desert sand color, and it matched the fabric on the GFC tent. So GFC's been posting, uh, I think on Mondays, like pictures of every truck that came in the past week. Like, hey, choose which one you have. So you're seeing all sorts of different stuff with their campers on it and their install bay. And the one that caught my eye is like, man, that Frontier looks good. So, hey, listen, if uh, you're looking for a new truck, especially a midsize truck, head on down to your local Nissan dealer. Or you can go to NissanUSA.com where you can build in price. And if you need a full-size truck, the Nissan Titan, the Nissan Titan XD, best warranty in the industry, five years, 100,000 miles. You got a lot of bang for the buck with them Nissan trucks. Did you mean to rhyme that? Nope, it just came out that way. <laughs> just came out.
Holman, can you name for me a device that would display all of the things that the uh, the original equipment manufacturer may not want you to see? Because, you know, they, they want you to drive in bliss and not know your diesel particulate regen frequency. They may not want you to actually know what gear you're in. Silly, but some manufacturers don't display it. How about boost in inches of mercury? What device would you add to your vehicle that, that just plugs right into the OBD port and displays a world of information about your your engine and drivetrain? Well, Lightning, when uh, people ask me which <laughs> that's they want Troy, their truck. Well, is that your Troy McClure? Well, Lightning, try it. Do your let Troy me, McClure. Let me see. I, I haven't done a Troy McClure in a while. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Yeah, maybe I'll do it as the iDash. Let me, let me try it here. Okay. Hi, I'm the bank's iDash. You may remember me from such diagnostic information as manifold air density or the RPM your engine's spinning at. Or how about inches of mercury for boost? Well, Mr. iDash, that sounds pretty interesting. Where would I buy one of you? <laughs> Is that what I am, I Mr. <laughs> iDash now? Well, if you're looking for the uh, raddest gauge on the market, you want the uh, bank's iDash or the iDash Data Monster, which you can plug in a little SD card and you can record uh, gobs and gobs of information Something like uh, 7 million parameters. Uh, it's more like 100 parameters simultaneously for a month straight. 7 million sounded better. Sure. Okay, I'll go with that. Carb EO not required. We'll plug into nope. just about any vehicle. You've mm -hmm. got all the information. And if you have some of the other bank's products, such as the Pedal Monster, you can uh, interact with it on your iDash. Yeah, you can control the power levels of the Pedal Monster or the Derringer, which is the tuner for all the big diesel trucks. So if you've got a truck that is 2008 or newer, just uh, type in bankspower.com where you can find out how to purchase one today. Well, Mr. iDash, can you tell me about Onyx Maps? Why no, Lightning, I can't. Unfortunately, my contract is exclusive to just talking about iDash and bankspower.com. <laughs> okay, all right. For Onyx and all your Onyx information, head on over to Sean Holman. Okay, Sean, can you tell me about Onyx Maps and how it prevents me from getting lost out in the wilderness? Uh, why, yes, I can, Lightning. <laughs> Unlike uh, Mr. iDash, I can do multiple uh, ad reads here on the Truck okay. Show podcast. Listen, if you need an off-road map app built for adventure, you want to head over to onxmaps.com. You can go to the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store, download mm -hmm. the app on your iOS or Android device. You can start a free trial today, or if you want to sign up for a subscription, type in Truck Show and you get a little discount. Thanks for uh, ringing my bell there, Lightning. Uh -huh. There's a ton of key features that include thousands of off-road trails, featured trails. So if you are exploring in a new area and you want to know some trails uh, and you, you aren't familiar, click on the blue featured trails. It'll show you elevation and difficulty, photos, and a little description of it. On the premium subscription, you can check out public and private land info. You can save your maps for offline use for when you don't have a cell signal. You can customize with markups. Wait, that's all. Don't just gloss over that. So I don't have to have a cell signal when I'm out in Johnson Valley or somewhere in the Ozarks. It's saved to my phone, my any device, right? Absolutely. And you can track, save, and share trips. And also works with CarPlay and Android Auto. And the best part is you can use it across all your devices. So if you make a change on one of your devices, like planning a trip on your laptop, well, guess what? When you hit the trail and you're using your iPad mini or your phone, all those changes show up right there on your device. Oh, that's sweet. So all you have to do, again, to get that discount, enter Truck Show at the checkout on onyxmaps.com. Speaking of adventures, Holman and I are going to be in Holcomb Valley, which is near Big Bear, California, September 9th through 11th for the Toyo Trail Pass. You can find it at trailpassoverland.com. What is it? It's a massive event. It's free for the family. You do have to register in advance at trailpassoverland.com. They've got free overnight camping, workshops, presentations, camp cooking. Is that? Are you doing camp cooking? I'm going to do uh, camp eating. You're doing camp eating. And then I'll be ready for the uh, outdoor movie and the uh, ooh, large product giveaway here. It's uh, in excess of $20,000 of uh, prizes being given away. Dang. 
Dang, there's a photography workshop, Tire 101, because what does Toyo know about tires? Uh, display rigs, all kinds of really cool stuff. Again, September 9 through 11, join Holman and I out in Holcomb Valley. Again, it's on the backside of Big Bear, California. It's gorgeous this time of year. Go to trailpassoverland.com, and it's going to be a whole lot of fun. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck, because truck rides with The Truck Show. We have the lifted, we have the lowered, and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel. The Truck Show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. That's him. This is me. All right. Hey, I've been to uh, two Gail Banks birthday parties in the last week. <laughs> yeah, you kind of were. Well, you were one you that I wasn't. It, it was, uh, you were one that I wasn't invited to, which is comedy. Did you know about it? Uh, not until your wife blurted it out <laughs> at your backyard party. <laughs> and she asked uh, my wife, she's like, oh, we'll see you guys Saturday night at uh, Gail's party. And she goes, <laughs> Don't know what you're talking about. Sad trombone for lightning. Yeah, that was a little. But he made it up to you because you were invited to the party you put on for him today. Yep. I <laughs> threw uh well, that would have been last week because you guys are listening to this. So Gail Banks By is the way, 80, and we had a uh, a band. An and, 80s band. An they 80s were really band. good. Night Rider. Dude, Night Rider. They were rad. No, yeah. they, they were I was for a cover band that does 80 songs. They were rad. I remember at the end, there's one song left to go, and somebody uh, the lead singer said, all right, what do you guys want to hear? And somebody said, Elvis Costello. And the drummer goes, we only do bad songs. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was, it was great. Uh, bar- a little barbecue, some giveaway. You and I did a little uh, MC on the mic for Mr. B- Gail Banks. So uh, 80 years young. And uh, not to rub it in uh, your face, but I'll rub it in the face of our listeners. Gail's daughter bought him a bottle of 15-year Pappy. Ben Winkle. So I heard about that. Of course, I didn't get to imbibe, but uh, someone in this room did. I did. Mm-hmm. I mean, somebody in this room did. Yeah. Oh, that's solid. It might be my favorite. I think it, I've had the 23. It, can you it, Can you explain, can you articulate the taste? Nope. You can't. Nope. It's really good bourbon. How, I actually like it better. How is it different than a lesser bourbon? Uh, it's just the way it uh, melts on your palate, the different flavor profiles, how complex it is, how... How it goes down, how it starts, how it, you know, it finishes, how it noses when you when you uh, smell it, all that good stuff. I've had Pappy Twenty Three, which is like that's big time, right? And I actually think the Fifteen was a little bit better, believe uh-huh. it or not. It's, it's I know there's a lot of bourbon people out there that kind of uh, agree that uh, the Fifteen. Some will say the Twenty Three feels overaged. I don't know how to describe it. Is like there that. such a thing I as overaged? I don't know. I don't. Know, I guess. I mean, Mike Rice and I had a six-year-old wild turkey that tastes like uh, paint thinner. Ew. Yeah, I was going to ask, at what point it just becomes jet fuel? Uh, that wild turkey was definitely that. <laughs> okay. We did it. We did it on his podcast, but oh my God, it well, was I heard you guys horrible. got sauced up on his podcast. Well, that's what you do on Dirt to Whiskey. Yeah. You uh, you talk about dirt while you're drinking the whiskey. That makes sense. Hey, uh, what do you want to talk about first? I, well, I, I, I want to get it. It's been a while, maybe maybe never, that we've done a deep dive. So you took a- We did a deep dive like two episodes Are ago. Are you sure we did yeah. a deep dive? Okay. because yeah, well, you were to... all excited that you got to play the uh, the jingle. No, I felt like um, we talked about doing a deep dive, but we didn't actually do one. We just all played right. the jingle. Do we have one today? I think that's what happened. Well, we do. So 
some of our competitors in the marketplace and the podcasting space have done stuff with uh, F 150s. And they're okay. like, at what point does the battery run out? And they're doing all Lightning, these tests. Specifically. Right? Yeah, the F 150 Lightning, sorry. As if there's any other electrified F 150. So Holman has the brainiac idea. I'm going to find out what tires do to the battery life. And I thought that was a pretty creative uh, angle. Why don't you take it from here? What, what's your. We'll play the jingle. Oh, first. you want to get it? Okay, here we go. It's a deep dive. Prepare to dive. Prepare to dive. Hi, Captain. Captain, we're too deep. Uh, there's no such thing as too deep. Okay, that was too deep. <laughs> too, too deep. All right. Uh, I love how there's so much destruction. Yeah, there was a lot of death and uh, and, and crunchiness in that one. What are those death? Just, oh, just, did they survive? Yeah, they were they, crushed. They floated. They imploded, the and parts yeah. of them floated to the surface. Uh-huh, that's what happened. Okay. Yeah. So I recently had the F-150 Lightning for uh, for a week, and we talked about it a little bit on the previous episode, but we didn't really go uh, deep into my experience. So I, I kind of want to cover two things on it. I want to cover the Lightning in general and what my experience was, and then I want to cover what I did do it for science. All right, so uh, here's the deal. Everybody wants to know, and I had neighbors coming up to me. I had people in parking lots coming up to me. I had people chasing me down. Is that a lightning? Is that a lightning? Is that a lightning? Really? It was crazy. Why do they? Because it looks I, just like a normal F-150. I couldn't pick my nose. No, it has that big light bar across the grill. Oh, of course it does. That. You're right. And uh, it, it was it was wild how much curiosity there was around it. I haven't had a vehicle in a while. Well, the Rivian did that for a little the bit. The Rivian, the TRX, but... But this was like next level. This was really fascinating. How many? I mean, there were, there were neighbors camped out in my driveway waiting for me to come outside to talk to me about it. Are you serious? It. Yeah. The other thing I'll say is Ford did it right. The new Silverado, the Rivian, are on skateboard chassis. The F-150 Lightning is on an F-150 platform that's been modified with batteries and independent rear suspension. I think it's pretty amazing because the drivability from the experience, the the accessories, all that is still all F-150. If you drive an F-150, you'll be right at home in a Lightning. Uh, it's and That was done on purpose, right? They wanted an easy segue. Well, I think they wanted an easy segue, but I think also part For of it— build complexity, they, you know, right? They, no, that, that has nothing to do with it. No? No. They wanted, A, an easy segue, and they knew that the diehards needed something that was traditional and familiar. They will probably have a skateboard chassis and whatever at some point, but the fact that it's the only major electric, all-electric pickup truck that has immediate access to the aftermarket for racks and shells and work stuff. Even suspension, and, right? Uh, the front. Yeah. The front's the same. The rear is completely different. It's an independent rear suspension with coilovers and these really giant, uh, massive trailing arms. So ours was the F-150 Lightning XLT, but we had the upgraded dual motor, so it was rated at 580 horsepower, which the thing absolutely just— does It, it rips? It rips. Seven, uh, 775 pound-feet of torque. How does that compare to your long-term or TRX? Because you, you've ripped the snot out of the, the TRX. It's faster or as, uh, it's as fast as the TRX, maybe no, a little bit faster. What? No, no, seat of the pants, it's your butt dyno. It's How just it different. Feel? It's different. There's no, there's no noise. You just all this. It's like the lights stretch a little bit, and then you're at some crazy speed you didn't expect to be at. 
like I said, drivability is pretty pretty good. The only thing I don't like about EVs is is that throttle tip in is still very artificial. Trying to get out of your driveway where you're like you tip in in reverse, and you're like oh too much, and then it just stops because regen grabs you. Like that kind of stuff is take took some time, but as far as driving down the road, handling, steering, all that very F one fifty like. It's the best riding of all the F one fifties because it has the independent rear suspension. Anyway, ours was an XLT dual motors. Had the optional 131 kilowatt hour extended range battery pack, so the advertised range was 320 miles. The base price for our tester was $52,974. And with our options plus the $1,695 destination fee, our as tested price was $76,384. But we also know for 23, there's a significant increase above that, like six to $7,000. So right. 22s are done. You're not going to find one for that price. The F-150, we know the towing range sucks on EVs because Motor Trend did the story with trailer towing where we had like the, the max trailer only went 88 miles. So we know that EVs aren't great at towing, kills the range, uh, but they are good at hauling. Obviously, lots of torque. You could tow something for a short distance. But the things that I, I kind of figured out is you're getting this truck to mostly be an air hauler or you need occasional pickup truck use, but your range is 100 miles. I feel like if your radius is 100 miles for anywhere you want to go, so in Southern California, that example would be San Diego. Uh, you can make it there and back. It's 200 miles. You could do that in just about any EV on the market. But if you want to go to Phoenix, if you want to go to Vegas, you want to go to San Francisco, EV is not the way to go. It's either hybrid or go to a traditional vehicle. Charging. So Ford basically will fast charge up to, I think it's 90%, and then slow walks you the last 10%. So it's super hard and takes forever to get that last 10%. And if you want it to be 100, you have to tell it manually every time to take it to 100 on a fast charger. Oh, I didn't know that. And so what that it means- It just won't go automatically. It what Because they're saving the battery. But what that means is you have 10% less capacity than you otherwise would, because you're not going to 100 all the time. Mm. If you're charging at home, like on my system- where I have a 32 amp, which is equivalent of 7.7 kilowatt hours, from zero it would take 18 hours to charge the battery pack. Ouch. Not that you would find yourself at zero very often, but still, even 12 hours is a long time to charge. Now, it'll go to 100 on your home charger because it's like a, you know it's essentially a trickle charger compared to the 150 kilowatt down the street or the 350s that are coming out now. Although it can't onboard all that 350. The idea is if you're at 20, 30, 40 percent, you charge to like 80. And then it starts to stair-step you down until you get to 90, and then you basically will take it home and top off because now they're charging you squatters fees at the EVs. Now there's, you know, I got there, and there was a line of people waiting to charge their EVs. So that's not a great experience for these really big batteries on trucks unless you have a charger at home. But even if you had, you know, what, a 60-amp charger, which is really a 50-amp in reality, you're only around 9.5 to 10 kilowatt hours compared to 150 at the slowest of the level 1 chargers. So again, that's a big deal. The can, can I pause you here for one second? A, a scenario that I can imagine we we've all been in this right with our internal combustion engines is that we wait till the very last second to fill up. You know, I know that you, realistically you'd say, "Oh, I'm down to a quarter tank. I'm going to start looking." But there's so many of us. I mean, remember on Kevin and Bean, the old show that I was on, is that Kevin had the zero club. Right? How many people got to zero miles till empty? Me, many times. Right. So that can't happen in an EV. Like you're now, there's we don't have the infrastructure yet. There's not a charger on every corner. So nope. there, there is basically in all metropolitan areas, you can find a, a gas station everywhere. So that's not going to work. There are going to be a lot of people getting stranded. Like you're seeing memes now. 
with a Tesla on the back of a AAA truck connected to a, uh, a charger. A generator. Or a generator, yep. yeah, in the middle of a, a cornfield, and the guy had to pull up with a diesel jenny to charge the guy enough to get to the closest station. So Well, so in closing, I guess I'm, I'm going to say that if you want to go over a 100-mile radius and get home, I wouldn't recommend an EV at this point. If you want to do truck stuff like towing and hauling, it's not really there. I think the F-150 Lightning is sort of like at the limit of what you should really be doing truck-wise with the battery electric vehicle. Because even on the Rivian, you can get a bigger battery pack that goes 400 miles, and this is only 320. I want to say Motor Trend Real World, it's like 260 or something like that in uh, in our testing. So I wanted to take that, and there's other people who have swapped tires on a Lightning to see what it did for range. But nobody had done wheels and tires and had done a really aggressive all-terrain or all-terrain extreme tire. So the reason I thought the wheels were important were because I wanted to see the effects of the aerodynamics because the Lightning has a f- uh, flat face wheel. And I, I heard a, a, you know, uh, from uh, Mike Rice, who's at Adventure Off-Road, when he worked for BMW, he was saying that back when they were developing the first hybrid, uh, I guess it was the X5s, the wheels added something like 3% improvement in aero. Well, that's a lot. So I wanted to see if we took off those you know, aero wheels and put on a dish aftermarket wheel, what would that do? This is not just the weight of the wheel. It's the well, shape I'll, of the wheel. I'll get into that, too, oh, in a moment. Okay. So what I did was I hit up Mike at Adventure Off-Road, and I said, hey, I've got a Lightning for a week. If I got wheels and tires, would you be able to swap them out on consecutive days? Because his shop's built like you know, out 60 days plus right now. And he's like, yeah, no problem. We'll do it. So I reached out to Mickey Thompson. They've got a great new tire called the Baja Boss AT, which is in that extreme AT category. It's got really thick lugs on it. It's a really aggressive tire, but it was made for handling, and it was made for quiet ride. And I thought, all right, well, let's test their quiet ride point. You know, part of it because an EV, that tire noise is going to be part of that EV experience if you upgrade your wheels and tires. So Mike Rice reached out to uh, Raceline, and they uh, graciously offered us up a brand-new wheel style that they have, which is the 955M Warps. And so they sent those over there, and we got the wheels and tires done. So what I did was I did a 177-mile loop from Southern California, from Huntington Beach, down toward uh, Escondido, and then back up to Huntington Beach. It's a big circle. And I wanted to remove as many variables as possible. So we got the, the, the factory tires, the P275 6020 General Grabber HTS 60, I got the exact same tire size. So this isn't a story about putting 35s on a Lightning or 37s on a Lightning. And I got this, you know, basically as close to a stock wheel. So we did 20 by 9s with a plus 18 millimeter offset. Did you measure the diameter to make sure it was uh, dead nuts? They were the same. Okay. And so my loop, to minimize some of the variables, I ran it at night so that I could run the climate control at the same temperature as the outside for comfort. I wasn't going to have to worry about traffic. I wasn't going to have to worry about the sun. Uh, you know, the temperature was very, very uh, stable. And I did it the same, ni- the same night, same weather conditions on two consecutive nights, basically. All right, so uh, Raceline says that their wheels weighed in at 33 pounds each. They're made out of A356 aluminum, and they have a lifetime structural warranty. And then these were uh, gloss black with, like, a milled finish on them. Pretty cool-looking wheel. And... Uh, Mickey Thompson with the uh, Baja Boss ATs, they said, so this, the equivalent is a 33 by 11. That's what comes on the F-150. Their uh, tires weighed in at 47 pounds, 
And we had done a um, mud terrain test uh, in uh, for four wheeler in the past, and we really liked them. So this was the AT version. So we figured they'd have even even better. Uh, road manners and mickey thompson gives a sixty thousand mile treadwear warranty on these tires but if you go to an lt it drops down to fifty thousand miles but i thought that would be a nice match for evs because with 775 pound feet of torque and also think of torque in the opposite direction for regen those tires are always getting oh, scrubbed right yeah so you want a high mileage tire so um these ones were the non-lt metric version so they had a 2679 pound rating per tire you can step up to the lts that goes up to 3415 pounds uh, per tire. So super beefy, way more sidewall. They had the side biter lugs, their their mountain snowflake rated. So all the things that I was looking for. And then they, you know, also better off-road, obviously, than you're going to have with a street tire, which is what the general grabber uh, HTSs were. So what I did was I weighed the factory wheel and tire package. What do you think it came in at? Um... 60, 62 pounds. 79 pounds. 79. So with the Mickey Thompsons and the race lines together with uh, wheel weights and all that kind of stuff, 82 pounds. So they were within three pounds of the stock wheel and tire, which was even better. I thought they might be 10 yeah, pounds different. I, yeah, I thought they would be so that, 10, yeah, 10 pounds. So wow. that mass wasn't going to really you know, come into play in this. It was going to be mostly about the rolling resistance of the tread pattern and also the arrow of the wheels. And with a plus 18 uh, millimeter offset, they were right at the edge of the body, maybe sticking out just barely. Whereas the factory wheels were tucked in just barely, so we were sticking them out a little bit. When you say just barely, like an eighth of an inch, yeah, like har- hardly hardly noticeable. Okay. So the due to the way that the lightning charges on the fast charger, we started each night at ninety five percent of charge for the baseline, and then we did again. It's a hundred seventy seven mile loop, and then maintain the speed limit as much as possible. Used adaptive cruise control whenever possible, and majority of our time because of the speed limits were between 68 and 70 miles an hour. And the climate control, like I said, was set to the same outside temp uh, to maintain um, comfort for me, the driver, but not to have it you know, blowing cold or anything like when that. You it said was, set the, t- the it same was 72 as- outside. Yeah. I had 72 in the car. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So at the end of the testing, we finished the, uh, the loop on the stock wheels and tires. We did 2.1 miles per kilowatt hour was our efficiency. The remaining range was 79 miles with 33% of battery left. When we swapped the wheels and tires and did the second trip, we ended up with an efficiency of 1.9 miles per kilowatt hour, 56 miles of range, and 25% battery life. So what that equates to is 9.6% in efficiency, which I thought was going to be way more than that, especially when you see how beefy and how aggressive the Mickey Thompson Baja Boss AT tires are. 9.6% loss in efficiency. Lost 23 miles in range and 8% of remaining battery charge. So they definitely will affect it. But I, I think if you were to put an aggressive uh, wheel and tire package on an ICE vehicle, you're probably not too far off from that same drop in fuel economy. So I wish I would have had the time and another truck to do it. I might do it as a follow-up in, in the future to see you know, what the differences would be. But then always, you have got to realize, this wasn't done in a vacuum. So you know, I did my best to remove any variables from the experiment. But depending on your wheel and tire package, your tread compound, your weight, the pattern, the aerodynamics, it could skew your own results. But I think t- about 10% is, I think that's ballpark. I think that was fair. And when you're asking about, you know, were the tires round, on night one, I did 177.8 miles. And on night two, I did 178.1. That's how close they were back and forth mm. on the same trip. Without being in a, you know, 
like some covered testing facility on right. a dyno but in ten, real world. Ten percent though, ten percent, and you've got the same diameter, very very similar weight. If you had gone up to a set of thirty fives, who knows? I'm, I mean, you know? then then it falls apart. I think maybe. I mean, my point was that that according to SEMA, wheels and tires are one of the most you know, modified things on, on a truck, period. You know, I think they're probably in the top two or three on an F-150. So I wanted to show that. No, but, no, no, no. F-150s are not modified. Remember? Oh, that's right. That's F-150s are not modified. Yes, correct. So I wanted to show that basic mod at the most basic level. I'd like to get one down the line. Do 35s. I, I did do a lift on 35s at uh, Adventure Off-Road in Chino Hills with a ready lift leveling kit, but that wasn't my truck and I didn't have access to it after. So I'd love to follow up, but I thought this was going to be a more apples to apples comparison because we're just same tire size just swapping it out you know wheel and tire package ended up being really close to stock so, so 10% loss for the just the the minor weight gain look at the uh, tread pattern on the Mickey Thompson tires yeah that is uh, that's an aggressive tread pattern and uh, the wheels though they're like it's a good looking wheel but it's like a cheese grater for the air a uh, lot of turbulence there kind of reminds me of the old Corvette wheel like a C4 Except that center flat part is also milled out instead yeah. of just the fins. A lot of machine work on that. Here's one of the things that I think was interesting too. So the general tires that came on it had a tread depth of 1030 seconds. The Mickey Thompsons had a tread depth of 1630 seconds. So 60% increase in tread depth with the same overall diameter. The one thing I will say about the Mickey Thompsons that I was super, super impressed with is they talk about how quiet it is. And how the handling is on these tires. Like, they put a lot of engineering in to make sure that you would have good traction off-road, but a quiet ride for daily driver. I would say they were maybe 10% noisier, but it wasn't objectionable. It was a nice, low-frequency hum. It was not anything that would bother you at all. You can't even hear it over the, the radio being on so at the lowest setting. It's not like a bogger? No. It, <laughs> but you wouldn't you wouldn't expect that. In an EV, <laughs> tires are, are even louder because there's no noise to cancel them out. And so I was amazed at how quiet they are. And then also, true to Mickey Thompson's word, the handling on these were amazingly similar to the general grabber. So for me, I, I felt like this was a really good test of this, this tire. It handles good. It's quiet. It's good off-road. But then to put it on an EV truck and go, yeah, I can, I can still – the handling's still good. And there's quiet. very little loss. Very little trade-off for that. So okay. anyway, if you want to put 35s on it, that's going to be something different. But at least as we dabble in this and we kind of dip our toe in the water, I can tell you, if you want to do a direct replacement wheel and tire package, you're looking around 10% loss in, uh, on an EV truck. So if you're making a 300-mile trip, you're shaving 30 miles off, yep. essentially. Mm -hmm. Can you afford that 30 miles? Like I said, if you keep to your 100-mile radius, you can. Okay. Which is probably most people. Well, but here's the thing is I think most people are going to have a home charger. So instead of filling up once a week, you're going to be topping off every night. So, again, it really comes down to what is the longest trip that you would traditionally take? That's basically how you have to buy an EV truck these days. You know, you have to be thinking about I don't ever go more than 100 miles from home, so I'm never 100 miles from my charger. If you were to go cross country to Vegas, to Phoenix, to Frisco, onward, yeah, that's gonna suck. You have to you're tied to the charging network, and you're going to be at the mercy of the charging network. As long as you have a charger at home or at work, and you're within that hundred miles, you can just uh, you know, like I said, top it off every day, and uh, in, enjoy your ride because I think there's a lot to love about the uh, the F one fifty. And I will say, the one guy came up next to me 
in a it was an Infinity G thirty five coupe that was stanced. <laughs> okay. And static. And he tried. You know how how negatively cambered were the wheels? A big time, and he had a big turbo on it because I could hear it and I could hear the the uh, blow off valve. Okay. And I was doing about you know forty miles an hour and kind of uh, merging, and this guy went for the whole shot, and I just punched it, and the lightning walked him. And went right up to the speed limit because I'm a legal person uh, who always <laughs> obeys all the laws. Mm-hmm. And this dude pulled up. You're a lying sack of shit. Nope, that's not true. And this guy pulled up next to me because I let off, and he had this look of OMG on his face. Did he say, wow? Yeah, that was exactly what was on his face. Uh-huh. He, was, he, uh, he, saw, he said, Rodney's wow. It was, uh, the thing is just instantaneous. It's fast. It's quiet. You can still do pickup things. Range, infrastructure, the amount of bandwidth to charge is still going to be an issue for you. So things I really like about it, but I don't think it's the perfect tool for a half-ton truck. So far, you've had a Rivian for a few days and a Ford F-150 Lightning for a few mm-hmm. days. Which is the winner? They're different. The Rivian feels like a midsize truck that's, that's a little bit a bigger. That's a cop-out. Which no, one? No, no. Come on. Nope. The F-150 feels more like a real truck. The Rivian feels more futuristic. There's a lot of... A lot more annoying things about interacting with yeah, the Rivian. It's all soft button, right? Right. And yeah. then the F-150, it's all the normal truck Tactile. buttons. Yeah, yeah. The F-150 feels like you're driving a big couch. The Rivian feels like you're driving a sports car. The Rivian's smaller and and uh, handles better. Lightning feels more like a traditional truck. I, I, they're just too different. You know, one's big, one's, you know, a little bit small. Uh, that's fine. That's fair. I two mean, two just, very different tools for two different jobs. Yeah. I think one's a lifestyle pickup and one's designed or engineered to at least try to replace your, your pickup truck uh, to do pickup things. And it can. It has the capability. It has the beefiness of a frame. It, it'll take all your tool racks and camper shells and all that stuff. Just the range is going to be the thing. Until that infrastructure gets better or the, the battery density gets better, I think when you get into a vehicle as big as a full-size pickup truck, you're at the point of diminishing returns. And yes, you can find those fringe use cases where it's going to fit that person perfectly and it'll be the best vehicle they ever had. But for a lot of people who use their truck, they're not going to be satisfied with uh, having to fill up as often as you do. I think you put it uh, nicely. Not satisfied and perturbed. or They're going to cross over into perturbed, I think. We'll see. Yeah, we'll, we will see. All right, so if you want to read more about this, head over to MotorTrend.com. The uh, story is, uh, you can search on Google, uh, downrange the impact of off-road wheels and tires on the Ford F-150 Lightning. You see a bunch of photos, and sort of uh, I walk you through uh, you know, all the thought processes a little bit deeper than what we talked about on the show, but it's a, it's a good read, and I think anybody who is contemplating uh, owning an EV truck should uh, definitely check it out. What if I don't read? Uh, then you should listen to podcasts. Holman, I'm in the mood to speak with the inventor of the Taser. How about you? Yeah, uh, I actually am really fond of the of the Taser. Have you have you used it? Or is, yes, you have. Good. Have, yeah, no, it's a, it's a great product, and I will tell you when our friend Joe Z is on the phone. Okay, uh, which options I like the most, and it might surprise you because you might be like, really, that's out of all the things it offers, that's the one you like. I would think the tire size calibration, mm. but oh, really? No, not even close. What? Let, let's call. Oh, you're about to blow it. my mind. All right, All right. call Joe Z. Joe here. 
Joe. It's Lightning and Holman Truck Show Podcast. How you doing? How's it going? Good. Good. How are you guys? We are outstanding. And uh, I have to say, some of our listeners know that we do this show in the evening. Some some don't. But thank you in advance for staying up because you're on the East Coast, which so like 2 a.m. your time right now. Also, <laughs> th- th- thanks in advance for uh, listening to the Brawler episode and still wanting to come on. <laughs> that wasn't so bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we're, we're going to top ourselves here. Hold on, we got a jingle for you. No, no, wait, hold on a second. I get it. He knows Bill Schultz, right? Right, so, right. And, and and so he. No, we're on Facebook, and so again, we were joking that Bill Schultz and I know everybody. And Joe and I have all the same people, too, but Joe and I have never con- uh, connected before. And what's hilarious is it's like, uh, finally, we connected once he got on the podcast and he <laughs> accepted my <laughs> friend request from, uh, you know, <laughs> y- years ago. Uh-huh. And uh, God, you're awful at this. I mean, it's horrible, right? So anyway, he had said something about listening to the episode with Bill on Bill's page because Bill had put out the link. And I said, well, thanks for still wanting to come on because we had him scheduled for this one. So. And he did it anyway. And he did it anyway. So. All right, hold on. So, so Joe, first of all, it, Joe Z is Joe. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher this. You ready? Joe Zizidoro. That's perfect. See, Absolutely. look at that. Zizidoro, I did By the way, wow. you're the, the first complicated name Lightning has gotten right in four and a half years. That's not true. I get the last <laughs> ones right. Uh, so do you prefer, Joe, do you prefer blues or metal? Uh, you got to choose one. Tough call between the two. I, I would call. I would call blues over metal. Blues. All right, here we go. You're the innovator motivator. You're the innovator motivator. You're the innovator motivator. Make new stuff and it's really, really cool. Joe, I don't know how it comes across over the phone, but that's Innovator Motorator. You are the Innovator Motorator here on the show. <laughs> and you seriously are. I think that if you, you're you massive in the Jeep community, the Taser well, I would say anything is, Chrysler. is groundbreaking. Yeah. But that's not – so I think that most of our audience n- either knows you or will know you for your Jeep and, and now Ram, your Ram, Ram products. Course, right. Yeah. But that's not where you got your start. And I wanted to rewind the clock a little bit. And and explain to people how you got your start as a madman of electrical engineering. Uh, well, I was already an electrical engineer, uh, working on radar systems and some fiber optics. Um, Only kind of radar boring. systems, Holman. And fiber optics. Two, <laughs> Only two, radar. Two things you and I uh, have, have never had any part of uh, making work. <laughs> no, except for the radar detector, my, my escort in my truck. I can right. keep that working. It's about as good as I get. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, I mean, I've always been a car head, you know, always uh, working on cars or tinkering with them. And um, in 2006, the new Charger came out and I bought myself a Charger Daytona. Thought it was really cool. I finally got myself a brand new muscle car and uh, I went to do donuts in the car and the electronic stability program. Here come out. the nannies. Yeah. yeah. Flashing lights and angry. So uh, this is Holman. So lightning, this is lightning. And Holman is the one that hates, 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 hates nannies. Hate so them. for off-road, typically it's off-road. He doesn't like to have the vehicle tell him how to get sideways or not get sideways. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you know, <laughs> call me old school, but I like to be able to take my car whichever direction I want to, whether it's sideways down the entire street or backwards. Or both. It should be up to me. Yeah, right. <laughs> I want to be able to do a Z-turn. Yeah, damn it. I want to be yeah. able to do a Z-turn if uh, if the fancy uh, moves me. I, I, I remember one time I was in a Toyota TRD FJ Cruiser, and I'm in this wash. I didn't it, even know that they made it to Yeah, it was a special, special edition that they did. Okay. And Toyotas are notorious for having a lot of lights and nannies and just take pull the fuel out and just straighten you out. And I was pitched perfectly around this big, wide 
wash going around a corner. And I pitch it sideways to just like have a nice wide drift around this. Not to the point where you're going to roll it. And it straightens me out and puts me right through the only bush in the middle of the uh, thing. Just explodes the bush in a a hundred different ways. And I was like, no! No. I had control. Yeah, I was all good until the car decided it was smarter than me. So you buy this muscle car and... And it won't let me do donuts. And it won't let me do anything. Boo! Uh, so it, was, it was quite a letdown, let me tell you. Yep. So, <laughs> within yeah, we, that yep. first week of owning the car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so within the first week of owning the car, I'm like, all right, I've got to find a way around this. So uh, I figured out a way around it, and I made a little circuit, very simple. And I, I don't like to have any holes drilled in the car. I mean, it's a little different than the Jeep community. Any aftermarket mods have to be completely hidden and look like they're factory. So... I made it so you just press and hold the ESP button for five seconds, and then it kills all the nannies altogether. And I built one for myself, and it worked, and I posted something on, a, on a, one of the forums at the time. And I said, if anyone's interested, this is how you build it. And uh, you know, I got 100 responses. That's great, but we can't build this. So I built a batch, and it just took off after that. I, we have to pause there because we're going to get into the business of, of Z. Autom- was it Z Automotive? That Z Auto Tech. Z Auto Tech. Z Auto Tech originally, yeah. right? Yeah. Your first, the first go around. But are you fooling the can communication? Are you like, what are you doing? Because the average person doesn't really understand the communication protocol in the vehicle. You're so, asking him to explain his black magic lightning. No, I'm no, not. Asking, I'm not looking for the That's ones fine. and zeros, right? But I, I do want people to understand <laughs> what he's doing because, and I have to set the stage here. Some people are scared of it. Some people, I don't want to plug anything into my car because I don't want it to freak out or whatever. Well, then they shouldn't have cool cars. A lot of people actually are very scared of it because it's a little bit of an unknown for most. The CAN bus is just a communications system between modules in the car, um, so they can all talk to each other nicely, and it's very fault tolerant. So if uh, the, the bus gets cut or shorted out or a module goes down, uh, it can handle a lot of a lot of errors um, and still allow the car to drive. And what I'm doing is I'm attaching myself to that bus, listening to the messages, because I can pretty much listen to anything on the car, you know, anything from engine RPM to which button you press to whether you're sitting down in your seat or not. Um, and I can also send messages on the bus so I can make pretend that I'm the driver and I can send a, I don't know, brake command or pressing the stop start button, you know, virtually. So I have, I have a lot of control to be able to play some tricks, if you will. And that's how most of the taser live functions work. It's a matter of listening and speaking on the bus. Uh, there's really no harm in it as long as it's done right. So and we'll, we'll explain yeah. that there's, there's two different, essentially there's two different kinds of uh, functions. There's the live ones, uh, which the taser has to be plugged in and active. And then there's the ones where you can make some settings and the taser doesn't have to be plugged in. That would be things like your gear ratio and tire size. or, or It's kind of like, like that, going right? to the dealer, right? There's certain things that you go into the Jeep dealer or the Ram dealer and say, I just bought a set of 37s. Can you reprogram the computer? And in many cases, they can. I mean, they have the ability to. Whether They, they have the ability. Whether they yeah. want to is a different story, but they can. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So, so right. yeah. The Jeep, the Jeep engineers were very good about putting uh, different thresholds in there to support the enthusiast market, and yes, they put they tools do. and gave them to the dealer. But not every dealer wants to touch them or do anything with it. And so, guys who maybe live in an area where they don't have a aftermarket friendly dealer or a dealer that doesn't really understand how to use the tools or doesn't have a tech trained on the tools to change things, such as your gear ratio and tire size and speedometer TPMS, and things like all, right. all TPMS on off all that. They don't really have any recourse. And so one of the great things about the Taser is it's so much more than just your typical – because up until the Taser, you could buy all sorts of devices, either maybe the tuner for your engine to run 91 or maybe it was a standalone speedometer adjuster or whatever. 
but none of them were like a whole comprehensive suite of changes. You could you could get into these five parameters and change it, but all of a sudden Taser opened up this entire world of like really cool and like weird stuff, stuff that you didn't know you you loved. I told Lighting before the show, I said there's going to be one, and I won't tell you yet. There's one feature on the Taser that is my favorite one, and he has he he's. I was has off. no idea. Yeah, yeah. No, I I don't know. So I want to stop. Let's go back to your 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 muscle car here. Was it? It was a Charger Challenger. I forget. It was a Charger Daytona. Charger 06. Daytona. Okay. So yeah. how long did it take you to defeat the ESP system? Oh, I did it that same day. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. I wasn't wasting any time. <laughs> Were you surprised by? Wait, how long after that did you do your first donut? Also was, the same day? I think I think also the same day. I actually got video. I actually got caught by my boss behind my building <laughs> one morning doing donuts. See, he's the ultimate entrepreneur. Like he's doing this after hours as well. And so, how were you surprised the ease by which you pulled it off? No, I mean it wasn't that. It was really wasn't that difficult to figure out. I mean that was probably the easiest of anything that I've done on these cars. It's pretty straightforward. And, and what in that case with your the electronic stability control? I think that's what it's called. What are you doing to fool it? Are you spamming it with messages? Are you are you telling it that there's an off button somewhere? Like in layman's terms, how are you fooling the car into turning or deactivating that system? That one's very simple. I just glitch the power that's going to the um, yaw sensor, and the system says, "Oh, the yaw sensor is offline. Let me shut down." And it just <laughs> until the next time you start the car. Really? So super simple. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was super it. simple for you, not for Lightning. If you gave Lightning all the tools and <laughs> oh, no, laid it out in front of him, he would still not know what to do. I can see Joe Z dropping like a tray of everything you needed and said, Lightning, on this tray is everything you need to do a burnout in that car out there. And you'd be like, crap, where do I start? <laughs> no, but what it would be, it would be a laptop. You know, and I'm like, I don't even know where to start. That's what it would be on that tray. It's a laptop, right? You, you would just go in the car and start unplugging uh, wheel sensors or A couple something. alligator clips and, you know, and some wires is all that would consist of. And I'm like, I don't have a clue where to start. So you then put together a few modules, a dozen, a couple dozen, turns into 100, 200, whatever. At, at what point was Z Autotech born? Like, at what point did you go, okay, maybe there's something here? Or, and I'm also curious, the follow-up is, at what point do you, are you worried that you're going to get a call from, you know, uh, from FCA or, or Chrysler? And when did you decide to jump from your job into this? No, it's a lot of questions. Yeah, we got a lot of questions. All right, so that was 2007. That was right after I got the car. And that first product called the No ESP kept me going for about a year. And then the racing community started to, started to come out of the woodwork. They wanted to be able to control their engine fans and run a lower thermostat so they can keep their engine cooler. The Hemi drops a lot of power once the uh, temperatures rise. So they came to me and I developed a module so that they can, <laughs> everything's kind of funky. No switches or anything. You just turn your headlights on and off three times and then the engine fans go on at the track. So that was my. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I made it, it was just plug and play, very simple. You know, open the fuse box, plug this thing in and you're done. Again, the, the racing community came out. They're, they're really another great, great bunch of of, uh, of people, and they bought up you know, hundreds and hundreds of those. And I was still just doing this at night. Uh, my wife will tell you the stories of how she'd be laying in bed and I'd be soldering next to her. <laughs> <putting these things laughs> oh, together. that sweet smell of soldering <laughs> at night. I love, yeah. honey. I love flux. There's yeah. nothing else like it. <laughs> why, why are you in bed so early? Did you run out of flux? <laughs> Do you want to flux tonight? 
So I couldn't resist. <laughs> yeah, of course you couldn't. <laughs> so then, so then you get you guys break up. You get divorced. Then you realize I have nothing to do with my no, time. No, right? no, oh, no, no, happen? no. Okay, nope, she's, she's still in the picture. Okay, good, good, good. Uh, yeah. So then, you know, it really took a long time because um, about a year later, Diablo Sport came out with a tuner that was able to control the engine fans. So there went that product. Uh, and I kind of kept it, kept it low for a little while. I didn't do that much. Um, and somewhere around 2010, I came up with this idea to make a shift kit for the car. Uh, I don't know if you ever had an experience in the old days with the Transgo or a B&M shift kit yep, that makes the car absolutely. like mad hard into the next gear and chirp. Yep. So I came up with a way to fool the transmission into putting up, you know, turning up the, uh, the line pressure and shift pressure during shifts. Again, a little plug-in module that just plugs in under the dash. Chirping three gears. Really <laughs> chirping the gears, yeah. <laughs> and being able to change a few things. And, you know, over the course of maybe a year or two, I added line lock to it. I just kept adding features as I can think of things. You know, always free upgrades, you know, free firmware updates. That kept me going. It was still just a side business at night, whatever, until 2015. And in 2015, I decided to take the circuitry that was in that and make it into a OBD2 plug-in. So I just have a brain that can plug into OBD2. And I really had no idea what I was going to do with it. I just knew I wanted this module. And somewhere along the line that year, I'm like, you know what? Let me see if I can talk to the body controller and see if I can fool, fool a few things. And I was able to turn on SRT pages and a few other things for the charger and challenger. Somewhere along the line, someone figured out that if they plug this into a scat pack and turned on SRT pages they get track mode, like the Hellcat. Oh, wow. <laughs> because it's, because it's sudden, disabled on not, so the Uconnect system has the ability to, or or locked inside different pages and stuff, and they're not all turned on depending on what trim level you get. I feel like it's like an iPhone where we know that Apple, it's too expensive <laughs> for them to not put the circuitry in the iPhone, but they just turn it off. Like for them to change right. chips, different models, they all pretty much have the same chips. They just activate one or they don't. Is that similar in, I mean, it in is the car because world? there's there's at the time there was about a ten thousand dollar difference between a scat pack and the SRT three ninety two, and the only hardware difference between the two was adaptive suspension. The rest of it was all electronics, turning on track mode and valet mode and eco mode and everything else that went along with the SRT. And for here, for a two hundred fifty dollar device that I was selling, you get ninety percent of that. You don't get the adaptive suspension, obviously. But you get a, the rest of it. I went from, you know, selling one here or there to my phone lighting up one night. And I sold like 50 in one night. I'm like, well, what the hell just happened? I didn't even know that it worked. <laughs> You're like, I got a lot of soldering ahead of me. <laughs> so that's someone yeah. posting it on a, on a forum, I would assume, right? It was on a forum, yeah. 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 Yeah, I happened to be on vacation at the time. so I'm, I'm... At that point, did you think, wow, I priced those way too low? <laughs> no, I just said, oh, shoot, now I, I got to figure out how to make all these. <laughs> By that point, I was already had a contract manufacturer building them, you know, maybe 20 at a clip, but now I built hundreds. Jeez. Um, and right from then, I said, all right, now I got to get myself one of these cars. So I bought a 2016 Challenger Scat Pack right around then. And then I really started to dig into it, see what else I can pull out. And I started coming up with all these different, like, you know, live features and pulling out every setting I can change. Uh, How did you know, Joe, where, where to look? Like, where do you have any idea where to poke around, you know what I mean? I feel like it's a surgeon, just kind of like 
with a you know with a scalpel poking here poking there or did you know a certain place <laughs> yeah. or are there would... is there like a diagnostic screen that gives you the map of everything or do you have Honestly, to go and I figure think... it all out so now i have better tools i bought all the tools you know to, to sniff the can bus and and analyze data as it flies down the screen sniff the can bus actually I... uh, opened up at the wiltern last week no i heard they got canceled right because scat pack they got <laughs> we're scat pack, we're, yeah, yeah okay it's a big brawl i, I like sniff the, the, the bus better that was sniff uh, the bus yeah, sniff the can <laughs> Was my favorite band for a long time. Yeah. They, they went punk. They were ska for a while, then yeah. they went punk. Yeah. Yeah, got, I like yeah. the early stuff. Okay, good. I'm going to go see them soon. Sorry, we got off track. That's uh, what yeah. we do. I can see. Um, back then, I didn't have any of those tools, so I made my own. Um, and it was just nothing more than a, a PC with a bunch of you know numbers flying down the screen. And I had to sit there and just press buttons in the car and try to figure out what changed and basically slowly reverse engineer the system. And uh, it took thousands of hours. <laughs> oh my God, I can't even imagine that. I mean, how many times were you pushing buttons and nothing happened, but you're like something somewhere, oh, turned off the, the trunk light or something like weird that you couldn't see. I must have bricked my cars 50 times. Oh, uh, back then. oh my and, God. And most of the time I was oh. doing this on off hours. So I would be, you know, my two boys were young at the time. So I'd take them to soccer practice. I'd be sitting in the parking lot for three hours. I'd sit there with my laptop and my computer, you know, and mess around with my car. And half the time, either I killed the battery. <laughs> right. uh, you know what, <laughs> kids, I, I can't take you home because I bricked the ECM. Yeah. Hey, I can't make it to work in the morning and uh, you guys can't go to school. So what were you doing? Like, were you buying ECMs and just, I mean, how were you, once you brick it, how did you get it back to the stock? I always found a way of getting the car back to normal. Gotcha. You know? Eventually I became pretty good at it. So at this point now, I'm not afraid of anything. I'll, I take, you know, my TRX one day old, I'm ripping the thing apart and, yeah. and sending all kinds of crazy stuff to it and seeing what I can break. Now, Joe, dumb question about, so in, in all modern cars, there are many modules. So you have the ECM or uh, the, the engine control module. Then you have the BCM, the body control module. Then you might have the TCM, the transmission control module. And they all speak to one another in theory, right? They'll, yes, yes they But in some cases, they have checks and balances. If you change one somewhere, another module will eventually try to overwrite it or flag it and say, oh, there, there's a conflict in yeah, the, the system. The, right. In the past, you might have a central computer running everything with CAN bus. You have multiple modules all talking to each other to try and figure out what the state of the car is. So how did you get around that? Or was that not the case in the in the cars and trucks that you were tinkering with? Uh, in the modern cars, like 2011 and up, and, and I say modern cars, uh, that's like the Charger 2011, but the JK was older system until 2017. But mo most of the newer ones have a body control module that really is the central brain for the whole car. So all the configuration takes place in there. Um, each module, each, each of the rest of the modules can bend to a certain amount. In other words, let's say you have the airbag controller in a Charger SXT base model it might not be the same airbag controller that's used in the SRT that has extra airbags. So there, if you change some of the settings, it might say that there's an invalid configuration. It's like out of range, if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously there's, you know, as you go up the trim walk within a vehicle lineup, features are being added or taken away or combined with other features. So I, I would, the, the, it's amazing the amount of build complexity, especially American vehicles have. Whereas you go to a Japanese car company and there's usually like four or five trim levels, if that, and each yeah. trim is, this one comes with the moonroof, this one has AC, this one adds a right mirror, this one adds the screen. 
Well, the American cars are like, well, at these four trim levels, you can get 80% of what we offer. And these trim levels, you can get 90% of what we offer. So to figure that out and be able to, like you said, sniff around the canvas to figure out which trims. I'm guessing you didn't always have access to each trim level. I'm sure there's stuff along the way you figured out, oh, I, I did this off of my no, no, Daytona. No, no, what you don't know is he has 700 cars. Oh, does he? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I do have a bunch of cars now, but back then I used to I used to, used to ask local people if I can borrow their car for a little bit, or I used to rent cars like crazy. Oh, there you go. It's always fun to bring back a rental car with completely bald-back tires. But that's, that's <laughs> And lots of uh, lights on the dash. I don't yes. know what happened. No, no clue. So then when did you fall into the Jeep market? Because... They fell in love with Josie you know in why a they very fell, meaningful way. You know why they fell in love with Josie? Because he let them have their lockers on when they wanted. Oh, is that your favorite feature? <laughs> nope. Oh. But that's, <laughs> but that's one of the ones that endeared him to the Jeep community because when you could operate the lockers when you wanted to, not just in four low, all of a sudden it's like, oh, my God, you need this. And then over time he kept adding all these features and it was like, oh, sway bar disconnect here or you know, on and on and on. There's a gazillion things it does uh, today, especially compared to the JK, but – for us enthusiasts, it was like, I can have my lockers on with reckless abandon. Watch me. Yeah. So you took us through like 2012, I think. And at what point do you tippy-toe into Jeeps? So I tippy-toed into Jeeps in 2018 when the JL came out. And I actually had no idea it was coming out. I was never a Jeep guy. I thought they were cool. Never had one. I live on Long Island. There's really nowhere to go off-road here. And I don't know if you you know America's Most Wanted 4x4. They put, We've know, had them on the show. Yep. Almost, right? Yep. Okay. So you know Jared. Jared yep. and the guys. So, yep. Jared uh, got in touch with me and he said, you have a programmer for the Charger and Challenger. I think you really should make one for the Jeep. And he put me in touch with uh, a salesman he used at a Chrysler dealer. And I ordered the Durangle JL like as soon as I could. And when that came in, in say February of 2018, I think within two weeks I had the Taser out on the market. Oh my Lord. Yeah, it was similar enough to the Challenger's architecture that I was able to plug in and immediately get something started. There was a, you know, was a lot of differences, um, but I just kind of worked around the clock on it. And what was the feature that really took off on the forums? Chrysler set it up so that way you can go to the dealer and get the tire size and gear ratio changed. But that's really all they'll do. <laughs> um, and there's so much more. Yeah, so biggest thing, I mean, you're changing the tires, you're putting 37s and you're not running same air pressure as the 33s that it came with. So they want to change the tire pressure monitoring system thresholds. I think there's some kind of a law against that. So the, the dealer can't do that. Or at least they didn't. I don't know if they do now. Uh, so the TPMS, gear ratio, tire size, and probably the, the number one was the ability to turn off the auto stop start and keep it off. Oh, yeah. That, that's, <laughs> that was huge because everybody at the JL hated that stupid thing. And there's a bunch of devices that are just button. It remembers your last press of the button, so you don't have to do it. Right. Yeah, that's basically what the Taser does now, but that's like one of 50 features instead of one of the only feature. <laughs> All right, so I really fell in love with the uh, with the Taser on the JL when I figured out. So I drive cross-country a lot, and I stop and sleep at rest stops because if I can get four or five hours, I can do another 10 hours on the road. I just did that on my last trip. And what were you driving on that last trip? I was driving our 2020 Ram 3500. And what happens when you pop into the rest stop and you want to listen to the radio uh, while you're trying to sleep at the rest stop? It turns off. No, your entire well that, but your entire dash stays lit up. Oh yes, <laughs> there's yeah. no way for you to turn it off. And Joe Z 
because he's doing the Lord's work, <laughs> has dark mode, which allows people like me who want to sleep on the side of the road and we're driving cross country in our jails to turn our freaking LED lights on the dash off so that we can sleep. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's so there were two feature. reasons why that came out. <laughs> Number one is I told you I would sit in the parking lot watching my kids play soccer. Well, as they got older, I'd sit in front of their friends' houses waiting for them to come out. And I'd sit there, same thing with the dash lit up, my face lit up from you know all the neighbors can see. So that's where dark mode came about, is I wanted that dot that dash turned off. The reason why I have the dark mode on the entire exterior as well is because I had some hog hunters <laughs> come to me and say they wanted to be able to drive completely at stealth at night while they're doing their hog hunting. So I have a special version of the firmware where it will allow you to keep dark mode off even while you're driving. I mean, it's completely illegal on the road. That's why it's not available to everyone. <laughs> uh, but that's where that came from. <laughs> I heard when you order your taser, you just put in the uh, code uh, hog hunter. Hog and, hunter. Then, and then that again. <laughs> he enables that feature. <laughs> he enables that feature. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I'm going to go see Hog Hunter after no, this interview. Here, no, we already did that joke. No, we're, they're, they're we playing at the coach joke. house. No. Hog Hunter? No, they're, they're over at the barn. <laughs> mm-hmm. At the barn? Yeah. At the barn? <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, I, okay, so the, the taser for the JL, for example, and, and that's, uh, by the way, works on all variants of the Wrangler and Gladiator. So diesel, 4xE, 392. Uh, it, for those of you who know the Wrangler market, there's 400 engines that they offer. Uh-huh. It's the two liter turbo, the two liter turbo with mild hybrid with e torque, the two liter turbo four by e. They all the they all the share the, e, the the ECM and the BCM, correct, Joe? Uh, ECM is not the same, but the BCM, BCM is. Sorry, yeah, right, because the diesel yeah, is some, different. Yeah. There's some significant differences. This is why I had to buy a few Jeeps over the years. Also, three point six and e torque three point six. So those are all the different v- engines that have been available since 2018 in one form or another. Maybe not all at the same time, but there's a lot of choice when JK had one engine. That's a that's a huge difference, but like you would expect, tire size, gear ratio, you can even either uh, you can even change your transfer case low ratio. So if you swap in a Rubicon case in place yep. of the two point two uh, seventy two to one standard Sahara or Sport case, uh, you can set your TPMS pressure warning limits. So over pressure, under pressure, right? Uh, if you're airing down, you can you know have it so it doesn't yell at you because a lot of us like to air down off road. Go figure. And then all sorts of stuff. Enable, disable your backup camera. You can add cameras. You can add CD players. What about using your garage door opener after the Jeep is shut down? That's that was another one that I wanted for myself. That's why that's that one got in there. <laughs> so I'll tell you that the the garage door opener is mine. I will I will tell you that that was one of the things I got added to jail. What? Yeah, because the JK didn't have it. And I bought a so the plastic on the inside of the JKs is black. Mm-hmm. So I went online and onto eBay, bought a black interior Ford Expedition Homelink module that goes on the visor, and I put it on the A pillar of my JK. And one of the Jeep executives was riding my Jeep. He goes, "Hey, what's that?" I said, it's "My garage door opener." He goes, "Well, aren't you worried about people opening your garage when the car's off?" I said, "No, I I tied it into the cigarette lighter." So when the car's off, this goes off. He goes, it keeps your memory? I said, yeah, it's stupid. Why don't you guys have a garage door open? You have everything else. And so when JL came out and I saw it for the first time, which is like a couple of years before, uh, they're like, hey, look, we got the uh, garage, we got the home link in on it. And so I'm like, that that one's mine. So all you JL people who push that button and have that convenience, you can thank Holman for that. Really? Yeah. <laughs> true, true story. That's cool. True story. 
So then, uh, what about the? Uh, you got you can display the vacuum and boost gauges. You can display activate a zero to thirty timer. A sixty. How about the light show? The light show. The light show's cool. And he's got a light show on the DT for the uh, the Ram the trucks Ram. as yep. well. Yes, yep. we'll get which we'll get to in a second here. So again, explain the difference between the live features and the non-live features, Joe. So the non-live features are are changing settings mainly in the body control module to say. You know, you've changed something in the configuration, like you needed you need to go to the bigger tires or change the gear ratio, or you went from halogen LED, halogen lights to to LEDs, um, or any hardware change you've done to the car. If you got a, if you bought a sport and then you wanted the Rubicon's LED lights, then you would need the taser to tell the computer that you swapped those lights. Right. So any of those settings are in what I call the settings menu, which is the those are the, those are the settings that you change. Those are not the live features. Those are burned into the into the uh, BCM and they stay there, even if you remove the taser. Um, I make it so that way you can easily go back to stock. I have this function where you marry it to the car. It remembers your original configuration. And when you want to return to stock, you unmarry it. It puts the original configuration back. So Jeep's back to stock. That's the settings. I was going to say uh, on the uh, on the live functions, I like the uh, fact that uh, you can activate the 0 to 60 timer for those of us who have 392s on order. And uh, forced rear-wheel drive. <clears throat> also, for those of us who have a 392 on the way, that's going to be uh, that's going to be fun for doing burnouts and donuts. I think Joe has a 392, doesn't he? I do. And if you if you go on YouTube, you'll see me doing some massive burnout. When I, <laughs> I think I had like five miles on it. So I don't think Joe. What you don't know is that Holman recently sold his JL, which was AEV from head to toe. So bought the 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 JL, of course, from Jeep, and then had a drop ship to AEV, and then brought it home from there and parted with it. It was Sweet Sorrow and ordered a 392, which will also be all AEV. Yeah, and I'm just letting him know that you're like your two brothers from another mother (laughs) with your 392s. Yeah, I I like that. Uh, Also, you can can define winch mode for RPM, which is kind of cool. So you can uh, get your idle up while you're using the winch. Uh, flash your third brake light while braking. I mean, there's just on a toggle the hood alarm. You put your passenger side heat on a remote start for you married folks out there whose wives are like, hey, why is my seat cold if you get it on a cold day? Mm-hmm. I mean, th- those are all, those are all like, uh, it, really, it's the Lord's work. It is. How invasive are these for the guys that ask you every single day, will this void my warranty? Every day you get that, I'm sure. And what is your answer? It won't. Well, first of all, Magnuson Moss Warranty Act, and you know I can go and go in for for hours about this, but they really can't void your warranty for an aftermarket model unless they could prove that it caused a failure. That being said, I always I have in my instruction manual, and I always tell everyone just to prevent any questioning by the dealer, unmarry it, remove it, and then go to the dealer, and they won't know you used it. And now you offer a very nice, handy extension uh, to your harness. That allows you to uh, remove it much easier than it was in the past. Yeah, it's kind of hard to get your hand up there. So it's better to do it once than to do it every time you go to the dealer. <laughs> and that's because, so I don't think we talked about that. So you were bypassing a some type of security module on some of the vehicles, not all of them. Is that correct? And, and how, what does that do? It's every 2018 and up Chrysler vehicle has a security module. And it... <laughs> The story is there were two guys, I forget, there's some Sweden or something like that, that remotely hacked into a Grand Cherokee back in 2014, 2015, and drove it into a ditch by taking over the Uconnect wirelessly. 
And you know, of course, the federal government got involved and made all the automakers secure that connection so that you can't hack in from the radio and take over the car. Seems, so seems like that would have been obvious from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it really wasn't an issue until these cars started to get really, you know, interconnected like this, the way they are now. Um, so the solution for Chrysler was to put in this security module that just blocks commands from the radio from getting to the rest of the car. The chances of that happening slim to none. I, I don't know how many people are walking around trying to hack into your car while you're driving. Probably not many. It's probably only the two guys that did that are probably the only ones that know how. <laughs> so I bypassed the security module and that's how we're able to communicate to the rest of the car. Without, without doing that, there's no way to communicate with anything in the car. So what was that like when you figured out, I mean, was it easy relatively for you to hack that or was that a lot of uh, bandwidth for you to figure out Okay, what did they do here, and how am I going to talk to the car? Because all of a sudden, now you couldn't talk. Like one year, you could do every make all the <laughs> commands you wanted, and the next year, in eighteen, you go, "Wait, what just happened?" Yeah, that was a little bit of a panic. That was that was uh, the the charger came out first in, in September of twenty eighteen, and I was lucky enough to get my hands on a car, like one of the first cars that rolled off, and I was able to figure out a way around it, and I filed for a patent for it before I put anything on the market. And I came out with uh, like actually several different ways of bypassing it. Certain cars are easier to get to the module, and certain cars you really can't get to the module. It's buried in a dash too far, so I get in a different way. Um, so it really wasn't, I don't want to say it wasn't overly difficult. There's absolutely no information available on the Internet. It's, you know, it's like top secret information because it's a security module. <laughs> and yet secret agent Joe Z came to the rescue <laughs> on that one. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't too bad. I'm looking at uh, some, of the, uh, some of the functions. So... One of the things that you allow, which is really cool, is you can remap the buttons on the steering wheel. And you can do a bunch of different stuff with that that's, that is pretty cool. But that allows you to go basically with the press of a button, get into certain options, right? So uh, the light show, your backup camera, line lock, rock crawl, turn assist, which is really cool. So you Bronco guys out there are aware, and maybe the Jeep guys are jealous, that you have turn assist, which is like the, the, the brake burn. We're at full lock. It locks the inside rear brake and allows you to pivot on the, the, the tire. Well, with Z Automotive, Joe has brought that feature to the Wrangler uh, crowd and Gladiator crowd as well. So if you're doing those really tight trails, like let's say Black Bear Pass in Colorado that has a ton of switchbacks and really tight turns, that's a great feature to have on that. So uh, that's one of those things where you're like, oh, Turn assist. I can do that on my Wrangler now. That's that's awesome. Why why didn't Jeep do this? Cool down for you know your fans to run uh, after you cool or after you turn the engine off. Dark mode again. Force rear wheel drive. So there's all sorts of stuff that are just like hot buttons right into it off your steering wheel, which is pretty cool. What is the difference between the Taser, the Taser JL Mini, and the Taser JL Lite? Okay, so then it's also a Taser DT. Those, oh, those are the four. Sorry. Okay. So I'm just thinking, like, <laughs> if I have a JL, for example. So if you have uh, a JL, the only two choices are the Taser JL Mini or the Taser JL Lite. Back in 2018, there was a Taser JL, which is a two-piece a two system that had a separate um, OBD2 plug-in and a bypass module. And I was able to take the electronics from the, from the OBD2 plug-in and put it inside the bypass module. That's what became the Taser JL Mini. I call it a Mini because it's small, because it does everything that it has to do in a little package. And I had a lot of people say, that's great, but I, all I really want to do is change my tire size. <laughs> I want something cheaper. So we kind of stripped it down and made the Taser JL light. That's really has very limited features. 
really for if you're just putting bigger tires. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, but that guy's going to miss out on repo anti-repo mode, which is uh, where you can lock all four brakes and park to anchor the Jeep. <laughs> That's awesome. That's there awesome. is anchor mode, yes. <laughs> That's rad. Well, so to give you guys an example, on the site, uh, the the Mini is three twenty nine, and the JL Lite with the limited features is two nineteen. So one hundred and ten dollars less for the uh, for the light. But again, if you're only yeah, but, looking for those features, but then you don't get TC Kill, which just TC shuts Kill. out all the nannies. You send them all, you kick them all out of the house, they're all fired. That that's you your get, that's you your. Do you change your mind though for one hundred and fifteen dollars? I think I uh, oh, now. You're gonna have to uh, add it back. Can, you can add it back in. Yes, oh, it's just like you buy the key online and you just enter the key on your on your dash and, and it unlocks it to a full. I, I uh, good to know. See, look, like he t- he took a tip from uh, from Chrysler. <laughs> yeah. He baked all the features in, and hey, you just got to pay to activate su- him. He's not a successful entrepreneur for nothing. It's like, <laughs> right. it's like in-app gaming. You want more? Just pay for it. Now, when did you launch the DT? Because that's for the guys with the the DT body, right? So, yep. so the TRXs, fifteen hundreds, yep. non classic, fifteen hundreds. Yeah, I actually launched that back in twenty nineteen when the DT first came out. Not not super popular because it's. There's not that much you can do on a, a RAM with a 5.7 in it. Um, it really came to life with the TRX. And really the reason why it came to life with the TRX is because I finally bought a RAM. I bought a TRX. Nice. And when I have the car, then I drive it and I see what I think I want. And that's what ends up in it. So when I got the TRX, in went forced rear-wheel drive. I'm taking the TRX sideways down the street. <laughs> <laughs> now, how did you – no, hold on a second. Because a lot of the guys here – I've watched like – it wasn't – what was the guy here that turned – that put the Cummins in the Mustang? He got a TRX. They loaned him one. I think Ram gave him one, and he wanted to do burnouts, so he had to remove the front drive shaft. Oh, everyone's going to – they know who is – oh, my God. What's his – Weston Champlin. And he, he pulls the front drive. I'm thinking, you know you can get, like, a, a Taser DT to do that. He didn't know, and I couldn't speak to him because he's on YouTube. But that's an interesting feature that most people don't know they can spend $329 to get. Well, and, and it's funny because I have I, I have some Chrysler engineers that have bought it for that purpose. They said they can't really use their own tools to do it, but they've bought. They've I bought uh, I know a couple of them who yeah. who who really bought these. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really? There's a there's a there's a couple people, and uh, Joe knows who they are because we are all yeah. on the same forums together. Can I ask? And, a, so 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 why do they not allow you to do it? Because they don't. Will it hurt the front? Um, I think it's just power. Like they're just trying to save yeah, you know, driveline shock and things like that. Right, it's too much torque for what that transfer case is rated for, or the, or the axles are. So, rated for example, for. on the three ninety two, it's basically a full time transfer case, right? But it's the same transfer case I think that's on the four by e or the regular same one as the four by e. Yeah. yeah. So what the four by e has a two wheel drive mode on it. They just remove that from the three ninety two, so you're all, always in. But it's the same transfer case. So basically, one hundred percent. He yeah. he allows you through the taser to unlock the clutches and force two-wheel drive, or what he calls force rear-wheel drive. And what that does is it gives you back the setting that basically Jeep took out in the 392 mm. so that you could have rear-wheel drive. And I'm sure with the TRX, it's the same way. You're basically decoupling the clutches so that power's only going to the back. And it shouldn't do any harm to the to the transfer case clutches because they're decoupled at that point, right? That's right. That's right. And it's no different than how, like on a 4 by e it's no different than how that transfer case would typically work Anyway, with the the two wheel drive mode, you just don't have that in three ninety two because it has so much power going through it. So you adding it back right. isn't. It's not like you are making this transfer case do something it was never designed to do. 
you're just adding a feature back that Jeep took out because they knew people were going to be like wild ass hoonigans when they uh, <laughs> when they when they drive it. Right. They're going to put 37s on it and do a burnout over rocks. You know? And I've watched them do that. <laughs> and I've done it myself. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few videos like that. Like, oh, the front wheels aren't moving. Hmm. And, and so how difficult is it to access that mode? I, I can't imagine why I'm asking because maybe I want to try that when I get there, the DT. There are two ways. If you're just going to do it occasionally, you go through the live menu and it's one of the settings. It'll say force wheel drive. You hit enter and it turns it on. Or if you really, like me, you do use it all the time, you map one of the cruise buttons to it. Oh, I can then map a cruise control button. Happen to, to be at a traffic light and feel like doing a burnout, press the button. So, so basically, if I understand correctly, if you map the cruise control button, if your cruise control is on, then it does normal cruise control stuff. If your cruise control is off, then it's a quick access into the taser. Is that right, Joe? That's right. That's right. Beautiful. I try to keep everything so it's kind of like intuitive and the cars basically looks and feels stock, you know, unless you know it's there. And for guys that don't have the, the right um, configuration on those controls on their steering wheel, you even sell the buttons, like upgraded buttons that came from the factory, right? So you can use all of your controls in some applications. That's like the Charger and Challenger. The Jeep, they all the dash, all, all the steering wheels are the same. The I Jeep and the, and the Ram all have those buttons. So gotcha. You just use those buttons. And going back to the 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 TRX, is that you turned it into a freaking circus with the light show? Like it, you can do everything you want with the lights. Whether it's you can have a rave in your uh, in your garage uh, yourself, you or you can change all the ambers to whites and whites to ambers, and the way they drop out and don't drop out, and all this kind of crazy. In, it's just you went nuts. How how was that born? Because there's no way you're throwing a disco in your garage. <laughs> Uh, I don't know how it was born. I, don't know. I came up with the idea. I'm like, oh, look at that. I can control lights. What should I do with this? <laughs> okay. Light show. Light show. Light so show. I made a light show. And there's actually a there's another company that I sell through. I private label it for them. It's uh, Ultra Bright Lights. It's the name of the company. Oh, yeah. I, I know Ultra Bright called, Lights. Yeah. They call some, something called the Z Flash. That's one of my products. Oh, there you go. And it's meant for firemen and construction workers and police that want to use, you know, the light shows. While driving. M- meanwhile, your your light show is just meant for guys like Lightning that want to uh, confuse uh, everybody else on the road. Well, not just confuse people <laughs> on the road because that's illegal. I would be, you know, Glamis or Johnson Valley or something, and I'd, I'd, you know, the one time I did use it and I shouldn't have it was like, oh my, uh, this is crazy. Nah, well, no, I'll come on, you're already you're already down the road. <laughs> Tell the story. No, so I had just I had, just replace you with my friend. I had strobes that wagged, which is you're you not had to have. you had a friend who had strobes with. with I had a friend. Thank was, you. Well, that's not going to work. I'll try. it. I had a friend that had a, a a young a son who was a year and a half who stopped breathing and and said adult had to give them CPR and and they came over and revived the child and then said adult had to follow the ambulance at high oh, wow. speed to the hospital and said adult turned on the wagging lights to split traffic and that was handy and huh, dangerous right. and stupid but it worked and you got there and got and the, yeah. no I didn't and get the there. kid is okay. the, the adult got there in time and the kid's fine <laughs> that's a depressing story I didn't know you were gonna go that <laughs> but way there, with that it. was a real use case yeah, for wagging well, lights I was doubt, super handy I doubt anybody would have busted you on that one probably not probably not I mean I've, I've had people say that they've you know aided someone that uh, that crashed or whatever and they blocked the traffic and they turned the lights on while the car I've was done that stationary. too and that's fine. I uh, I was going through the list. So one of the other products that I've used before that you offer is the Z Locker OEM. So on Jeeps, there is a potted sensor in the axle that comes from the factory that gives you feedback and tells you basically when your rear locker is on, for example. So you and, would, and, w- and when you say potted, that means that they've put a an epoxy like material in there, so you it's it so it can cannot sit in be oil modified. and all that kind right. of stuff. Well, so the issue is. 
that that goes bad and oil gets inside the sensor. And uh, until, I think, recently, you could not replace just that sensor. It was the whole entire axle assembly. And so I had that issue on mine, and I, and I had an axle on order, and they were on national back order and all that kind of stuff. And so in the meantime, I bought the wiring harness from, uh, from uh, Joe here. And what it allows it to do is when you push the button for your locker, it lights up and says the locker's on. And when you take it off, it turns the locker light off. So you don't have that flashing locker all the time when that sensor's broken. Uh, the only difference is it doesn't give you live feedback like flashing while engaging or whatever like that. It's just It just says on and off on the dash, basically. But for a lot of people who don't have the means or you're out of warranty or you weren't able to find a junkyard axle that has that, that sensor in it, you can get um, for... Uh, your vehicle, the Z Locker OEM, that's for Gladiators and uh, JTs and then uh, Wrangler JLs, where you can fix that light on the dash and the locker still operates. You just don't have it constantly flashing, telling you that there's a sensor going bad, which was, I hate de- lights on the dash. So that was super awesome that that Joe offers that for uh, people who found themselves in that situation that I was in for a while. If you If you let that go for a little while and let it flash like that, the sensor goes bad to the point where it just says service axle locker system. And then you have no access to your lockers or your sway bar. Yeah, that's no so good. I've had, I've had people in Moab, you know, can you overnight me one of these things on the, on the trail and I can't, I can't use my lockers. Do you just carry like a bag of them with you when you go there? <laughs> <laughs> no, we've, we've overnighted many. Yeah, no, I, I've the tried. The problem to... with that actually is that this, the sensor is actually not potted. Is the issue? Oh, okay. And they allow oil to get inside. Yeah, it's it's vented so this oil gets inside, and it's really okay until there's metal particles floating in the oil, which which happens with rear rear ends, and especially if you if you regear, if you regear, these are these are going bad left and right because you know you got a that brand new, you know, gears meshing against each other, and you start to get some oil suspended, and that's it. So people, the the sensor goes bad. Clean out your oil, like swap your oil. Even if you put a new sensor in. It's the same design. Yeah, so the they same, never yeah. changed it. It's going to go bad again. <laughs> same, same exact design. And I guess what I was remembering is there's a guy on YouTube who bought the new or got the new sensor and buy the new sensor because he couldn't buy it. Somehow procured the new sensor. I think he potted it himself and was he doing a, a video yes. tutorial on how to do that so your sensor wouldn't go bad in the future. And I, apparently now uh, you're, the dealer or Jeep or whatever is able to get that sensor so that they don't have mm. to replace entire axle housings. Like yeah, did, I think you so. could buy that sensor for like three hundred bucks now or something. Ooh, but even if which you, is super even expensive. if you can, you still have to you know you still have to open the open the differential and change the sensor. Where right. the Z locker, you can crawl into there while it's sitting on a pile of rocks, and plug this in thing in with one hand. And you're back. And, and you're back in business. And you're back, and everything works just like normal, and the, the computer doesn't know any different. Uh, you also offer a wiring harness to add HDMI inputs to your eight point four and twelve inch Uconnect. So Lightning can watch uh, his favorite cartoons on the uh, center stack how dare of his you? TRX. I'm, I'm watching adult films. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, is that adult films? Is that Marvel? Those are the adult cartoons yeah, yeah, now? D- D- DC. Yeah, DC. Yeah, you yeah. DC guy? <laughs> Listen, so it's, it's clear that Joe is doing the Lord's work. You know what I mean? He's out there. He's like an angel among us. That's what he is. Really? Well, just walking among us? Don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. He's allowing you to uh, <laughs> put things uh, from all-wheel drive into two-wheel drive, do burnouts, take the nannies off, mm-hmm. flashlights, because as if all that tire smoke wasn't enough attention, Yeah. Uh, and then fix things that break so that you uh, don't have to get entirely new axle housing. Yeah, I'd say he's he's doing the Lord's work. So what you're saying is if I want all these features and I want to go direct to the source, there's a million places I could probably buy the Taser, the Taser DT, or the... For the JL Mini, the JL Lite, but I want to go to the source, so I'm headed to Z 
Automotive.com. Z Automotive.com. Correct? Yep, that's us directly, yes. And then also I, I will add that uh, that Joe is incredibly uh, – You're not going to insult him here. No, no, right? no. Oh. I was going to say available. Uh, people ask – it may be tag him in the forums and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And there's a gazillion questions that he's answered and, and has really helped a lot of people out to understand the product or walk them through changes. And then I just noticed too, Joe, what, what's pretty cool is you now have Mac OS software. Well, we had it a while ago until okay. one of the updates – bricked our program uh, a while back. of course but uh Apple. we've completely redone it and it's, it's really nice it's cool it works very well so and now we you just, have just dropped today the, avail- the availability with windows and then uh, also mac os monterey which is uh, the latest uh, operating system so us mac guys which there's a lot of us who we never get any love all the tuning stuff is on pcs well i think you're oh. confusing some people as to why they would need to go on their laptop everything is in the taser Firmware updates. Ah. It's just to do updates because I come out with updates, free updates every once in a while when I something crosses my mind and I say, ah, I can I can add this to it. So the taser uh, is the, I'll, I'll the gift that update. keeps giving. Yeah, just when you think that uh, it's done giving, it, it gives some more. Gives some more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joe, thanks uh, thanks for spending some time with us because uh, we've been wanting to have you on for a while, and, and I I don't know I don't know how we ha- haven't met and hung out since we have literally all the same friends. Funny. Well, funny how that works. He's in Long Island. That's why you haven't hung well, out. Well, yeah, but, but we go to Moab and you're at SEMA? Jeep events. SEMA. You know, Are you going can... to SEMA, Joe? Uh, I think I'll be there this year. All right. Uh, we, I'm, we, not, I'm not not as a vendor, but I will be walking, walking If the you go, we want to hook up and have a beer. Sounds good. Yeah, Basically, definitely. Lightning just wants to tell you all the things he needs his TRX to do. No, I'm going to figure that out on my own. And then email him with that list. No, I'm not going to do that at all. I'm okay. going to figure that out way before SEMA. <laughs> I'm ordering one of these <laughs> after the show. All right. Do you have Do you have uh, surround view on your on your TRX? I do. Do you have the Taser DT on it already? I do not. He just got it a couple weeks ago, and uh, I've talked about Taser a bunch. And now that he has one that a uh, vehicle I, I can use, he's like, "Ooh, we gotta have Joe Z on." And I'm like, "I've been telling you that." <laughs> I've been. So, no, hold on a second. <laughs> I brought up Taser for you way before I had it, and we just haven't connected. I've been working on. I've only I have had the truck for a month. I got a whopping like fifteen hundred miles on it. Oh, you're, that's like I three started, times more than last time. But I started working on trying to line up Joe. Like I want to say late last year. I don't know when it was. So we finally made it happen because it's a great yeah. freaking product, regardless of whether I have a vehicle that'll it'll work on. Are you being defensive right now? A little bit. I'm a little <laughs> defensive. Yes. Well, so. when you do get it, my two favorite features because the truck is so damn big, especially if you have to park it anywhere. Is one when you turn the ignition off, you can have the mirrors automatically fold in. So that's I need out. that 100 percent need that. But the the best one is I stole this from uh, from BMW. When you pull up into a parking spot or near anything, and the front sensors pick up that there's something there, it'll automatically put the surround view camera on, so you can see oh. what's around. Oh. I don't know why that's not a factory so, feature. So here's what I do. So I've well had done. I've had a long term well TRX because it won four wheeler pickup truck of the year last year. And so I've been driving a, a TRX for 18,000 miles as my daily for the past year. Which is how I it, fell in love with it. That's it's, a lot of gas. <laughs> well, thank God the, uh, the, the, the company pays. I got the yeah. uh, golden platinum motor trend gas card. And <laughs> the what I did was I put, because on Uconnect, which is awesome, one of the things are is it's got a configurable dock. I removed navigation off there because I always use CarPlay. And I dropped in surround camera. So every time I pull into a spot, I hit it on the dash. Well, wouldn't that be nice if uh, it was, you know, if, if it it's was automatic. easy to get into an automatic, yeah. exactly. And it will even be, you know, you're at a, at a 
stop traffic light or something like that. You pull up to the guy in front of you real close and the camera will come on. Well, show so you how close you are, you know. Not, not to be uh, giant truck pompous, but there are those people who need to see a giant grill in their back window in the rear view mirror. That's what I'm yeah, saying. And I, this way you can do it easily without hitting them. I could have <laughs> used that yesterday, today, the day before, the day before that. Like every single day I pull into work and I, I can use that feature. That is worth the price of admission for sure. What is the price of admission, Lightning? Uh, I just got off that page. Gosh dang, it was like three twenty nine. Three twenty nine. Yeah, same perfect. as the Taser Jail Mini. Freaking bargain, bargain. Best three hundred twenty nine dollars ever. Wow, that's high. That's high praise. High endorsement from Lightning. I think so. <laughs> just about to do a light show. That. Come you're, on now. Just you're gonna pull up to the podcast studio one day, and you're just gonna be having the uh, light show on, right? I'm gonna turn up the sound system. You're and not I'm gonna, just gonna tell be me dancing. You're not gonna be. I'm gonna shake that thing to my light show. You're, you're not gonna tell me you bought the taser. You're just gonna. Ju- you're just gonna do the light show when you pull up one day and just rub it in my face. You know it. <laughs> All right, Joe. Well, uh, appreciate it. Uh, you guys uh, head over to uh, Z Automotive if you've got uh, any of those products. So JT, JL, DT, uh, I guess also the uh, the Challenger and Charger. Uh, if you want to do uh, rad burnouts and turn off the nannies and be a hooligan and do all that great stuff that the car company and the government doesn't want you to do with your machinery, Joe's your guy. Appreciate it, guys. All right. Awesome. All right. Thank we'll, you so we'll much. Talk soon. Thanks, Joe. All right. You got it. All right. All right. Talk Bye. soon. Bye. Bye-bye. Mm. Hey, Holman, are you a fan of the uh, Fig Newtons? Mm. I mean... Not really? They're okay, I guess. Oh. Not my favorite. Mm. I'm just kind of uh, munching on this uh, this raspberry fig bar. But is it fig or raspberry? This one's... Uh, it's raspberry. It's not really fig. So then it's not fig. Yeah, it's true. It's called fig bar, but it's raspberry. Hmm. This is a fig bar or raspberry? Uh, I don't know what this is. Well, while we're figuring that out, let's uh, answer some emails. Right, let's do that. You email, yeah, I email, do it, we email, that's right, everybody email, type it up, you email, proofread, I email, send it, we email, click it, everybody email. All right, Holman, uh, who's up first, you or me? You want to do it? I got one here from uh, Trevor Nemero says, can you guys get Vern back on and do a build deep dive on his Roscoe P. Tahoe? One day I'd like to do a similar build. I'd be interested to hear his thoughts on it. Uh, I've been trying to get Vern on for a while, but he is uh, arms deep, waist deep, neck deep, however <laughs> deep you want to be in building the uh, UA Ultimate Shop Truck for Ultimate Adventure this year. So I'll uh, probably have him on sometime after UA is over in a few months. Okay. And uh, Andrew Smolich hit us with a, a DM on the Instagram at Truck Show Podcast, and he says, uh, I'm not sure what to think of this. And he sent us a link to a Craigslist ad uh, for a Jeep Grand Cherokee pickup for $15,000. Dude, that thing's rad. In Liberty Lake. And it says, uh, the description, custom one-of-a-kind Jeep Grand Cherokee limited pickup. It is a 2006 with 92,000 miles a, with a 5.7 uh, Hemi. Original yep. WK. It's got a 5.7 Hemi. Quadra track. Uh, it starts, runs, and stops great. If interested, give me a call. Don't have or want a smartphone? Don't text. I am not glued to a computer, so emails don't get checked often. Best way to get a hold of me is to call. So anyway, uh, that thing's cool. It's basically a uh, WK Grand Cherokee with uh, it's basically a two door, and yep. then there's no rear doors behind the B pillar, so it's a little short pickup truck. It's really kind of kind of cool. rad, actually. And they've got some uh, interesting racing stripes happening on this. I imagine I mean, they're it just has vinyl like, graphics. But well, the graphics are goofy. It says Rubicon like a Wrangler on the. Why fender, would he put the dumb. Rubicon on the fenders? Because it's a Jeep, and they all do that. Really? 
This is my Rubicon edition piece of well, that's dumb Frankenstein that I huh. did. I wonder how he did the tailgate because that's not the normal tailgate. Yeah, let me see that I picture out. there. That looks like it's really nicely done. Yeah, it does look. Like, really where did nice he get the do. parts? How did he fab that? I mean, that just might be the hatch he cut in half. Oh, yeah, huh? It's, I mean, it looks like a Ute, except it's got big wheels and tires. Some and really nice fabrication. Here's more. Yeah. Man, there's a lot of photos. Oh, uh, it's red. I like Craigslist it. posting. Oh, well, listen. I like it. If you guys find it and you buy it, give us uh, give us a ride. We'll, we'll check it out. I go in here from Michael Peter says, in a surreal moment of internet bleed over. One of your jingles provided a moment of terrible kid TV show comic relief. My kids like to watch and follow along with a YouTube exercise channel called Miss Linky on rainy days. It's like Blue's Clues meets Billy Blank's educational green screen aerobics that's irritatingly enthusiastic and repetitive. During one episode this afternoon, I heard an 8-bit video game music, What Does It Take to Be an Entrepreneur? <laughs> My brain immediately added your lyrics to Miss Linky's attempts to dodge cartoon asteroids, I imagine I'm the first person to say this, and please don't let it go to your heads. Your jingles gave me a brief moment of sanity. What does it take to be an entrepreneur? What does it take to be an entrepreneur? Quit your job and get a loan. And don't let anyone tell you you can. Go into debt and don't look back. Don't worry, there will always be another crappy job. This is what it takes to be an entrepreneur. So what happens in the production space is that there's a couple of major subscription services so if you want to use music without getting sued you subscribe and you get to use these songs and uh it's possible we use the same track so what i like it i'm sticking with it but thanks for pointing it out glad you had a laugh at it so uh this one's from keith taylor hey guys i did my homework when you asked for more no's i'm talking about all the no's that i play when uh, holman asked me hey did you hear mm -hmm. during our news segment no Nope. This one is from the Umbrella Academy on Netflix, which, by the way, I love. Although I this this season is a little wacky and out there, but I love season one. Great show. I listen to it loud and proud every week in my 2002 Chevy Silverado 2500 HD, like a kid from the 90s in a Fox Body Mustang playing Ice Ice Baby with his AudioVox subs maxed out. Wow. <laughs> uh, so what he's referring to is this. No, 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 no. So thank you very much, Keith, for pointing that out. That is now part of my stable. All right, I got one here from uh, John Seagal. says, uh, not an air hauler. Hi, Lightning and Holman. This is your buddy John from the beautiful west shores of Lake Tahoe. You will remember me. I have the tool hauler, not the mall crawler. You know, the one with the homemade deck and drawer system. Anyways, I was listening to episode 240. Lightning was disgusted with himself for using his TRX as an air hauler. I'm a carpenter contractor. I use my 2016 Eco Diesel as my everyday driver-only vehicle, and I'm always berating air haulers as my truck hauls a crap ton of stuff on the daily. In truth, I'm envious of air haulers. My truck is heavy. I'm rolling around at about 7,500 pounds all the time. Ouch. I do have beefy coil springs in the rear to carry the load, and I don't realize it's being slowed down until I drive around with it empty. Then I realize how zippy the thing really is. Enjoy your TRX Lightning. I'm truly envious. And Holman, enjoy that 392 Jeep. Uh, <clears throat> got built this week. Just saying. Hey, don't rub that in because... Uh... You're not one of many who have had their Jeeps uh, accelerated through the production process. I will. I don't know that that happened. I just know that it was built this week. <laughs> okay. Just sharing the email. Yeah. That it was built this You're week. You're spoiled. And the text that I got. That it was built. So it exists. Uh, your Lake Tahoe buddy, John. And then he goes on to uh, a second email right behind that. He says, oh, by the way, Lighting and Holman, 
One other thing, on my hitch rack is my 1982 Gary Little John Team Lowboy 26. I got it new in 1982 for my 13th birthday. How many guys have a bike that they had when they were 13? Uh, That's crazy. Not many. I thought I'd share these details because vintage BMX bikes are big in your ear. They're huge. Vintage BMX stuff is exploding out here right I now. I mean, dude, if you're on Facebook, I told you I sold my Instagram. GT for seventeen hundred bucks. Oh, dude, um, I the uh, Dad Mode Wheelie Gang and the SE Bikes guys. And how many? All sorts of how many great offers Instagram. have you had on your Vans uh, Big Ripper? Uh, it's been hidden, but um, I know I can sell it right now for about eight hundred bucks. I might have to do that. What do you know? That's not cool. Well, well, we'll get back to that in That's a second. That's not cool if you do that. Me and my buddies. I jumped through hoops to get you that bike. Me and my buddies meet up every so often and take an adventure out on our old school BMX bikes. We're meeting up tonight at the bottom of Squaw Valley. We're going to ride up to the base of the ski area, check out some blues. Every time I'm on this thing, it reminds me of the freedom of being a kid on my bike. Enjoy that Essie the Lightning gave you, Holman. Take care, brothers. John. Here's the thing. I love it. But you're not going to ride it. No, I've ridden it. Okay. I actually was going to mod it. I was thinking about getting- Were you going to put pegs on it? Uh, sorry, I got pegs. Okay. No, I was going to do uh, CNC billet wheels that look like the old Skyways. Okay. Because they're rad. Okay. And then but, I went- but hold on a second. The wheels that came on it match the color scheme. But the point is I can take those off so I don't wear them out. I get new wheels and tires on it. Okay. Then I can enjoy the bike. I and then roll, the wheel- but okay, sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. But then I went down the SE bike's rabbit hole. Oh, which one did you fall in love with? I was just going to say. And so I... you fell in love with a Mike Buff, didn't you? No. You fell in uh-huh. love with a, hold on, where would I love? Not the Boston Ripper. Mm-mm. You Not the Lakers colored Ripper no, with God, the gold no. and the purple. No, 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 not no. the Miami Ripper. Nope. You fell in love with the, which one did they just release? About... Uh, the Monster Quad. The Monster uh, Quad's w- nice, but w- no, you're not a, no, you're not a quad guy. Nope. Now, what about, are you the Fast Ripper with the gears? You want a fast ripper? Oh my god! It's so they have a black and gold colorway. I know. I with, almost bought one. Oh, it's so sexy, mm-hmm. and it's got uh, the slick tires on it. So here's how it works with big oh, rippers. Man. Are you ready for this? Yep. You're not allowed to sell it. You can only buy more. Is that what it is? Yep. Mm. And if you want, I've got the hookup. I mean, I would. Th- there's a part of me that wants to buy a fast ripper. Yeah. Because I feel like the Vans Ripper is going to be worth some money. Because mm-hmm. if you look at the first generation Vans Rippers, they're like two grand, twenty five hundred, three grand. Uh, the Vans ones are only going for like eight, nine. They went down in the past month or two. I think you're smoking crack. I think they're they're like, all over eBay right now. Are you sure? No, about there's that? like fifty of them on eBay right now. Oh. Yeah, that's crazy. But that fast ripper for like a daily, so I don't have to wear out the tires on my mountain bike. Uh huh. It's pretty rad. The fast ripper is super sick. The uh. one I almost got was uh, like a cherry red, like a like a cherry Dr Pepper red. Yeah. So I think I've seen that one. And but it's got some gold bits on it here, as well. The Fast Ripper Twenty Nine, yeah, is the that's what I fell in love with. Oh yeah, yeah, I've seen that bike. Front that's, rear it's brakes, gorgeous. anodized uh, crank arm. You know what or, that uh, is? Or billet crank arm. That's the that's the Kibby Tech of bicycles. It is the Kibby Tech of bicycles. That's your <gasps> TRX to look like that. I need to buy that for Ryan. No, and you, then he'll give me some uh, some bits <laughs> for my truck. Or you can just buy bits from him. Mm. Or you think your bits will be more expensive than that? Oh yeah, yeah. So anyway, I saw that and I was like, oh, dude, the thick slicks on it. And then it's got a black wheel with black spokes, but mm. all the little spoke nuts are all anodized gold. Yeah, all the nipples. Gold hubs, gold head, uh, uh, handlebar uh, head tube dealy. You're talking about the triple clamp? Uh, the triple clamp. Yeah. Yep. It's just, I, I, I look at that and I'm like. I'm sorry, that's a motorcycle term. It's a gooseneck. Whatever. <sighs> I, yeah. I look at that and I'm like, 
I can see myself riding that, Lightning. I can see myself riding I that. I think that's fine, and if you want it, I'll make a call. But I can't. You, I can't afford any more expensive toys for a but while. But you can't. I'm you can't out. get rid of the Vans Ripper. They're never going to make more. I know there's 50 on eBay right now. Fine, let them go. <laughs> but I'm telling you that okay. that is not one that will. That wasn't made in production. Like this Fast Ripper that you're looking at here, they'll make 5,000 Fast Rippers or whatever they are. The Vans one was made like less than a thousand pieces. Yep. So you're, I'm, I'm just telling you're going to hurt well, me. Well, that's what. <laughs> it's like you're just like it's a dagger through my heart. Is it a dagger through your heart? I haven't. Uh, it's still sitting in my garage. I want you to enjoy it. it. I want to enjoy it. Oh. It just you, you took me down a rabbit hole, and now I'm looking around, and it's sparkly down there. That's, That's awesome. fine. Buy another. Way way cheaper than buying I'm not going to sell my famous Stars and Straps, uh, Big Ripper. It's same deal. It's rare, and uh, and I ride it probably once a month is all. It's just one of those things. It's like, you know, women have jewelry they only wear, you know, for special occasions. The guys have bicycles for the same reasons. So the Vans Big Rippers, here's one right now, 725 on eBay. Yeah, that hurts. Yeah, they go from seven twenty five, nine forty nine, nine sixty nine. But the uh, there's one five ten, but it's bid. It's not buy it now. So, mm. but they have the uh, twenty twenty one, the the powder and red and white ones. Yeah, are twenty seven hundred, two thousand, twenty two hundred. So those things are are climbing. But no, I'm not getting rid of the uh, Vans R- Big Ripper. I just wanted to f- see you sweat. Yeah, and well, then I then I wanted to shock you with the fact that the Fast Ripper just you know it called me. So sweat and shock all in the same conversation. Mm. I don't appreciate oh, that. Dude, it's that fast ripper so rad. It is great. Again, I, if you decide that you need the fast ripper in the, you know, in mm-hmm. your in the back of your or above your JL, mm-hmm. you should have a fast ripper on a on a fast ripper. You know what I'm saying? Uh you know what? Oh, license plate fast ripper. <gasps> is it taken? <laughs> I don't know. Well, we, we should talk about that too after. Read another email. Hello, gentlemen. Never thought I would have a reason to email, but here I am. Holman goes and tells my OCD self that GM steering wheels are off-center. Now I notice it in my 1997 Z71 and my 2009 Z71. But I discovered that it appears my 1991 Mazda B2200 is also off center. <laughs> or could I just be crooked? Who knows? Mm. But thanks for the great show and keep rocking. And OG, yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Thank you again, Jack Price, I think. Big Buck Killer, 1964, Yahoo. All right, one last one here from me. Uh, this one's from. Uh, Wait, did you say from me? From me. Yeah, don't you have another one? For, for you. From me? From me. I'm reading it to you. Oh, I thought you were saying you sent it to yourself. No. That's how that sounded. Yeah, Jeez, I've got that one the more. Whole, the whole show is an email to myself. <laughs> Go ahead. Read it. All right. Hey, Lightning and Holman. Oh, by the way, this is a Derek uh, Killer Horsepower. Hey, Lightman and Holman. It's Derek. I've been a longtime listener. Met you guys at SEMA 21. It was a great time there. Anyway, was listening to episode 238 about Mike and the DEP contact that told him about his deleted truck. I have a couple of buddies who... Have some second gen diesels and one who has an 05 LLY and wants to delete his. And I'm trying to tell them about the EPA cracking down, but they tell me I'm a p for listening to the EPA and telling them not to delete their diesel. I don't currently have a diesel, but have always wanted to get one and want to delete mine. But with what's going on now, I've lost interest in deleting and tuning when I get one. Question I have is if I bought a clean LBZ, would I be clear from the EPA with it being pre-emissions? Thanks in advance. You guys are awesome. Five stars and lower the suckage. Thanks for reading. And remember, everything matters. Five star review. Five stars. Lower the suckage. Thanks for watching. And remember, everything matters. 
So okay. the LBZ. Well, yeah. So uh, under you're, no, you're not free to no, just do what you want to the LBZ. It's not pre emissions. No. It doesn't have. DEF and some of that stuff, but it's it's not pre-emissions. No, and, there's still an EGR system on yeah, the LBZ. Uh, yeah, and LBZ is still new enough that uh, in a lot of states, I believe you still have to get a smog check on those that have smog checks on diesels, and there's a few states like that. Yeah, I mean, the the, the hot ticket, the, the reason that so many people want the LBZs is because it doesn't have SCR, it doesn't have DEF, and it doesn't have a DPF. Those are the main reasons. It yeah. does have EGR, but so what? Yeah. You know, it, the, tr- if, you, know you, you mentioned the term pre-emissions. Yeah. Pre-emissions on a diesel, um, true pre-emissions, I like think, 1990. Yeah, it's in the 90s somewhere. Five? Five four? is five, yeah. Because I think when the 6.5 came out, that was the first one they had cats on, right? In the Suburban. I think I that was the think 95 right. Suburban. With Someone's going to call us out if we're yeah. wrong. but And then um, for, on the gas side, pre-emissions goes all the way back to Carb in like 1966, yeah. 1967, because they had an air air, circuit, pumps, an air pump and or something, like that. Yeah. and all sorts of stuff like that. So you're not clear from doing anti emission stuff, but you wouldn't delete that truck because there's nothing to delete on it, right? So uh, that's for the again, cats. That's that's what they think. They're just like there's less to remove. So, yeah. but look, the letter of the law. We're not saying this. We're not we're not advocates for for like we're not Greenpeace guys. But if you modify your vehicle. In any way that could affect emissions, it's illegal, period. And they're looking. And they're looking. So, so listen, we're, if listen, you're going to do it— We're giving the PSA. It's like if you're watching Saturday morning cartoons, and they're like, um, don't talk to strangers. You might talk to a stranger because you're a, a kid, but we told you so. Right. So you may get kidnapped by the EPA and I think this put is the slammer. More, I think it's more—what I'm saying is this is more akin to, like, doing drugs. Like, if you've got a favorite drug, do it in the privacy of your own home. Don't stand on the street corner with a bullhorn, i.e. Facebook, and go, I'm doing drugs. In Mexico. Does anyone want any? I'm doing drugs. Do you want to share? I'll tell you where I bought them and how to do them. Don't do that. If you're going to do it, just keep it quiet. Or don't do it at all, Lightning. Or just don't do it at all. Don't do it at all. That's better. It's just better. We're not (laughs) advocating drug use. We're not advocating anti-federal emissions removal. Nothing. You're just a big old buzzkill. Yep. Two brief questions uh, from, uh, I think this is, R- is this RB? You know what? But I don't taste the bologna sandwich in jail like some people, so. <laughs> Two brief questions. Uh, so anyway, says, uh, hello, Lightning and Holman. Uh, I'm betting both of you have some insights to these two questions. One. Whatever happened to mechanical flywheels as energy savers in automobiles? Jay, maybe ask Gail on the Speed School podcast. And then number two. I hate to say it, but I think we need a law in America making it illegal to post anything on the Internet without a full date and time stamp. There's so many articles and blogs I read where the author has to has not put any kind of date anywhere in the header. And that's completely wrong, don't you think? Ray, Uh, you know, even when I'm doing research, it's really hard to figure out when stuff was written because there's a lot of stuff that to Ray's point do not have. Uh, a date on the article, and it's super frustrating. Yeah, it'd be nice if there were some metadata that was captured when Something. you wrote the article or you posted it. Yeah, yeah, yes. you can get it. And it, it uh, definitely it's uh, it helps plagiarism by not having those dates and times and such. You think so? Faux show. Faux show. Then uh, he also asked about mechanical flywheels. No clue. I'll ask Gail. All right. I uh, I don't know if those of you who follow me on my various Instagrams, I've got the at uh, Adventure Jeep page. And I've, I thought you might find this kind of interesting. So I'm really stuck as what to do with it because it has uh, like a really 
good amount of followers for just being a vehicle build. It's 2,100 followers on it. So I don't want to change it, right? But the guy who bought my Jeep took the plates and everything with it. He's like, oh, i got to have the plates with it. This is the original uh, adventure You're, you're asking a silly question because the answer is you have to change it. But There's no debate well, hold, here. But hold on. So I put on a poll yesterday mm-hmm. on my Instagram. There are three options. Yes, make it unique to the new 392. Yes, but just add 392 to the name, such as 392 Adventure Jeep. Yeah. No, Adventure Jeep still works. Which one do you think got the most votes and what the percentage was? I can tell you right off the way. All right, go. It's Adventure Jeep still works. 60%. 133 people said keep just Adventure Jeep. You know why? Why? Because people like continuity. People like the same. Okay, so 73 people, 33%, said yes, but just add 392. So basically what that tells me is 93% of followers are like, yeah, keep Adventure Jeep in some way. I don't think I can just do Adventure Jeep. Because I know the other, the one that started it is out there. So I think I need to change it to 392 Adventure Listen, Jeep. people, uh, you're wrong. People uh, don't know what they need. So when you talk to like a, <laughs> no, when you talk to like a good DJ, he's like. Only 14 votes, 6% said make it unique to the new, to the new Jeep. Those are the right people. Those are, that's correct. That's 6%. That doesn't matter. It's crazy. I had what? no idea. I did this funny because I think I was pooping or something. And I'm like, oh, I'm just going to throw up a poll and see what people think. Because I'm actually agonizing over this because here's the other thing. Do I try and make the plate the same as the name like I had before? Yes. Then I then I have to – I don't have enough – That's correct. I have to change it. Yes, you do. I want to hear what our to listeners me, this to is, To me, this is very clear cut. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. I need help, guys. What do you think as consumers of social media content – do I ch- don't I- don't give him what the comfortable advice would be just because now you don't understand adventure jeep is not adventure jeep anymore it's something new that's that's too difficult for me to figure out <laughs> i need to like who's this holman guy i don't know him he's on my feet all of a sudden <laughs> oh i get it he changed his name god damn that guy <laughs> like that does so what that's again what i was trying to say about djs is like Morning radio, comedians, whatever. They're not going to tell you the joke that you think you would laugh at. No, they're going to tell you what they think is funny. And then if you agree with them, you're going to laugh. And you usually do. It's like, look, we wouldn't have a freaking iPod. We wouldn't have had the iPod. And it wouldn't have led into the iPhone. Or because, podcast. Because Steve Jobs said, I think we I need another Walkman. You, you, you need a thousand songs in your pocket. Do you remember everyone mocked him? What would you do with a thousand songs in your pocket? Be happy. And, and now... Look at us. You have hundreds of Look thousands at us. of songs. And he says, I, I know what you <sighs> need, not what you want. All right. Well, I'm, I'm literally agonizing over this because I want to do the right thing for the people that follow the page. I want to usher in. It can't be just Adventure Jeep because that the chapter has closed. And now there's a new thing. But I'm not changing the page. I'm keeping the page. I'm just changing the name. Because yep. everyone who followed me through the old build are like, oh, we can't wait to see what you well, do with the new one. Here's the problem with your with your question to the audience is that you're not giving them an alternative. And that's why. But I can't because the alternatives we discussed. That. I know that. You're looking at. So Holman is looking at. He's got a whole laundry list of, of potential license plates. That match Instagram right? handles. Of course. I, I get that. And But you, you're posing an impartial question to them. You're like, hey, give me A or B, but I can't tell you what A is. And they're right. like, well, then I have to select B. But but A is not dog poop. It's a delicious strawberry banana smoothie. They don't know that. Okay. They just they, So I think it's premature to offer it up to get their opinion. <sighs> I mean, I'm just going to have to change it and then like move everybody's cheese at once. Yes. And the thing that sucks is you used to be able to pre-order your plate in California. Now you can't do it until after the plate I'm is assigned. I'm well aware. Speaking of which... 
So apparently Holman is the oracle of uh, vanity license plates. He has been able to come up with countless... Hundreds. Hundreds, hundreds. The only one that I'm proud of is on my Mini Cooper that was size small, right? I was like... Which your wife had the good idea that you put it on the TRX. I know. I I I kind of like it. I kind of like it. But the problem is I think it's ironic and funny. But everyone's going to see that and just think I have small wiener, which is true. <laughs> so but like that's what they're going to. Everything comes back to your wiener, doesn't it? <laughs> well, not, not hopefully. It's fun when it does. But Holman has come up with a bunch of really good ones that he has said. You know what? I'm not going to go with this one. Do you want it? Very graciously, I said mm-hmm. yes. I'll take your creativity. Mm-hmm. And uh, one was Dust Devil. Mm-hmm. And my wife offered to go to AAA and get me the plate, and it was taken. And by the way, in when the I, seven days yeah. that you looked and it was, was it was, was available taken, yeah. to the time my wife went to AAA, mm-hmm. it was freaking gone. So mm-hmm. Dust Devil, pew, out. I've got I've got other ones for you, but I'm compiling a list because I have a list on paper, but I have to run it through the system and I haven't had time to sit in front of the computer and do that. We need I'm to only do that sending, I'm I only sending a, you the ones that are I need available. Plate. I ain't gonna run that freaking white California plate. It looks dorky. You should just uh, uh, wrap it. Uh, right now, make it black and white. No, for right as long as I can, I'm running the white paper plate until it just shreds, <laughs> which will be like a, a any day. day now. I know yeah. any day. Doesn't, yeah, they don't last. I'm going to run that. So uh, the the plates that we were considering that I thought were funny will all get my truck keyed. They'll just they're gonna people are just gonna <laughs> key it, light it on fire. They're all like CO2 related and like emissions related things like that, and gas guzzler related. <laughs> love smog. And and you can't lo- you can't live where I live. Love OPEC and, and write L U V S M O G. You know what I mean? You can't have love smog and heart OPEC, which I think is they were hilarious. Funny. Yeah, there were, there were some good. Ones it, oh, in dude, CO2 M A K R CO2 maker. Yeah, CO2 maker. Was I mean, a good that's one. freaking awesome. Uh, Forever gas was yep. a good one. Yeah. Uh, EV what? Uh, love OPEC. <laughs> My favorite one that we came up with was R.I.P. Air. <laughs> I think that was my favorite. That was my best work right there yeah. was R.I.P. Air. Yeah. All right, so uh, what do you think the answer is for, for Holman or for Lightning? Do you have any license plates suggestions for Lightning? And do you have any Instagram suggestions for Holman? Hit us with an email. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. Oh, oh. You can find us at uh, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com or you can DM us directly at truckshowpodcast, at LBC Lighting, or at Sean P. Holman. And uh, of course, we're always looking for your voicemails 657 205 6105. Wow. It's been so long, I, I, I totally yeah. blanked on 657. Stay with me. Six, you ready? 657 205 6105. There you go. That's the uh, five star hotline, <laughs> and that's a great place to. Uh, uh, listen to a message that is four years old. No. Oh, you're talking about our outgoing yes, message. Yes. I'm gonna re-record one soon. Okay. But I, I think that you know it was funny because we both recorded it together. You know what? We're gonna do it now. We're gonna do it right after we end the show. Sure we are. No, I'm serious. All right. I'm doing. All right. And if you Good. call, you're gonna be the first one here. You'll know it because it'll be different. Gonna, it's different, and we're gonna address you. Six five seven two zero five sixty one zero five. And if you can't remember it in an hour from now. Just go to Instagram and go to our bio, and there's a call button. Just press there the call go. button. Make it easy. It'll dial us. Exactly. Okay. Uh, a lot of you guys uh, are in need of brand new trucks with great warranties. For that, you're going to head on down to your local Nissan dealer or head to NissanUSA.com where you can check out the Titan or Titan XD, industry's best five-year, 100,000-mile warranty. If you need a mid-sized truck, check out the Frontier. Lots of great options on these trucks. Frontier Audio System, the Pro 4X for off-roading, zero-gravity seats, on and on and on. Utilitrack and spray-on bed liners and all the things you need on a truck at a really affordable price. NissanUSA.com.
And when you're flying around in your truck and you have no idea why you got a check engine light and you just wish, God, I wish I had, it's too bad I don't have something on my dashboard to tell me exactly what that check engine light means because I don't know if I have to go to the dealer or a mechanic or I could just clear it and keep on driving. What would solve that for me, Holman? What little, what little 52 millimeter round device could I put on my dash that would explain all of the codes? Well, I can think of a few things that are 52 millimeters round, but we'll go with the <laughs> iDash. So now knowing that it's uh, fairly compact, the Banks iDash comes in two flavors, the iDash Super Gauge and the iDash Data Monster. The Data Monster records data that you can play back later. But the bottom line is, if you want to see all the stuff that your dashboard doesn't display, the iDash does it for you. Go to bankspower.com to scoop one up today. All right, uh, onxmaps.com, that's the place you want to go when you want the best off-road mapping software. 550,000 miles of off-road trails, 852 million acres of public land, 500,000 recreation points, 76 waypoint icons. You got two Onyx off-road membership levels, premium and elite. On the elite, it includes uh, base maps, topo, 3D satellite, custom waypoints, track and trim your routes, localized weather, sync content to the cloud, unlimited offline maps, feature trails, trail stats, 3D maps, public land maps, property boundaries, landowner names, acreage information you can try before you buy. But of course, when you buy, you want to type in Truck Show for a little discount on your subscription. So you want to head over to onyxmaps.com or to the Apple App Store or Google Play Store and just download Onyx Off-Road. And I know that you're not doing anything September 9th through 11th, so you might as well grab the family and meet us up in Holcomb Valley. That's just outside Big Bear, California, up in the mountains. This is a free event. All you have to do is register. It's the Toyo Trail Pass, and you can find it at trailpassoverland.com. Again, trailpassoverland.com. Lightning and I will be there. There'll be a whole lot of rigs on display, Toyo influencers, workshops and presentations, camp cooking demos, outdoor movie night, huge giveaway for a chance to win some incredible automotive and outdoor gear worth over $20,000. And, of course, you can camp on site. So, uh, again, check it out, trailpassoverland.com, and Lightning and I hope we see you there. All right, Holman, it's the end of the show. We are going to shut off the mics, and we're going to record our outgoing message for 657-205-6105, the five-star hotline. We're going to do it right now. The Truck Show Podcast is a production of Motor Trend Group. This podcast was created and produced by Sean Holman and Jay Tillis with production elements by DJ Omar Khan. If you like what you've heard, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating. And if you're a fan of the Truck Show Podcast, we encourage you to visit and patronize our sponsors. She blinded me with science.